Are you a brew head? I'm a brew head. Are you a brew head? I'm a brew head. Y'all a brew heads? Yeah, we brew heads. So pour a glass of craft beer. We can do this. Yeah. What's good, y'all? This is C Certified Brewhead. And I am Nathan from Nathan Does Beer. Welcome to episode 145 of Beer and Other Shit, the podcast adjunct series. Nathaniel, this is a super special episode. I mean, I feel like every episode is super special, but this one is with a brewery we haven't had on in five and a half years. Um, I think we had another brewery on recently that was like five years between uh, convos, which is not optimal. It's not something we like to do. And... uh, this brewery is super special to us both. Uh, they were some one of the first Ontario breweries that both of us independently drank. Is that fair to Definitely. say? Definitely. Um, you know, they've been around for, for a long time. They've, uh, you know, made a huge impact on the scene here in Ontario with everything that they're doing. And they've just continued, even from that five and a half years ago, the, uh, it was like January 2018, um, just the you know the the tweaks the improvements and everything from the products to branding to the offerings at the the brewery like it's wild man um it's just so cool and uh these guys were as you could probably start to guess uh these guys were a, our first ever canned <clears throat> excuse me i had some hot sauce for dinner i'm uh, coughing shit up uh first ever canned collab which uh, obviously was super special for us um it's going to be wild. The last pod we did was was one of the wildest pods I think we've ever done. It was bonkers. Um, I'm hope tonight is a bit of the same. So uh, gonna need to sleep in tomorrow, folks. So guys, please welcome. Let me let me unmute here. Brendan, Jimbo, and Sam from Sawdust City in a building. Yeah. Yeah. Brought the crowd for you boys. How you doing? Good, good. How are you? Doing good. Fucking amazing. Welcome, welcome back. Uh, very good to have you guys. I apologize that it was so long between pods. It's uh, pretty obscene, but uh, it won't happen again. It won't happen again, Sam. Okay, <laughs> I promise. I promise. So, fuck. I like. Let's get a beer going, and then we'll just we're gonna catch back up. Because if you want, first of all, if you want to listen to the Sawdust City story, we won't really be getting into that tonight. We're gonna talk about basically the last five years. Uh, check out. I think it was episode, if my memory serves, was episode seventy three of the original series. Um, I hope that's right. Go check it out. You'll be able to find it easy everywhere. Listen to that. Have a laugh because we got rowdy. It was ridiculous. It was like. 30 people in that room everyone's yelling and stuff <laughs> it's just fucking wild good times um now it is the last second last day of september so we're you know now we're in full so we're going to kick it off with uh, probably the most appropriate beer we could possibly do that with tell us what we're doing boys uh we got Zegenerstadt, which is our our oktoberfest martin lager oh, yes. uh, we've been we've been brewing this on and off for I think uh, seven or eight years, uh, the term Zegemelstadt means it's a rough translation of Sawdust City in German, but it it, it more closely comes to Sawmill City. But whatever. Uh, so we've had that on. You know, we were actually we put the kind of like a contest out to our customers to name the beer because we just didn't have one, and that's what came back. So. That's dope. Uh, we decided we'll never do that again, but uh, <laughs> we're, we're okay with it. It's kind of grown on us over the seven years, and we've owned it. Uh, the beer itself is changed, Beautiful. kind of like tweak it every now and again. It's never exactly the same. Uh, this year's version uh, is an all Ontario uh, 
version. So the malt comes from um, a maltery near Renfrew, Ontario, called uh, Mill Ridge Malt. Mm-hmm. And the hops come from uh, Backroads Hop Farm, which is uh, out near London, Ontario. Oh, yeah. Uh, the guys that run the Backroads Hop Farm also have this really cool shop in London. Uh, it's it's <coughs> Bruise and Shoe. So they have like a high-end running shop that they sell these like running shoes and they run running clubs out of it. But in the back, there's like a beer bar. And uh, so every, nice. every couple of times a week, they run these beer clubs, uh, running clubs, and then they come back and they crush pine. It's all craft beer. A lot of it's beer made with their hops. It's a fucking great idea. Like I yeah. went and did a run. I wasn't expecting it. And there was like 70 people there. Like, and they're all kind of like in that young 20s to mid 30s. They just have time on their hands, so they run and drink. And I'm like, this is amazing. I love that this exists. So it's perfect. It's a great, great <clears throat> marriage of ideas that I think it was just amazing. Yeah, man. That's awesome. I love those run clubs. I feel like they're more and more uh, common, so it's like, you know, earn your beer type thing. Um, this smells incredible. I want to get this in me, boys. Yeah, let's Cheers. Do it. Cheers. Get that in you. Cheers. Wicked nose. Mm. Oh, hell yeah. Yeah, this, is one of my, uh, this is one of my favorites we have on tap right now. Oh, yeah. It's really good. Oh, just toasty caramel, nice grassy bitterness in there, super balanced. Um, a little did, bit of uh, bread note too. Yeah. Under own of like uh, yeah. toasted bread, little rye. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, a bit of that rye, kind of peppery. That's what I'm getting. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And it's got the cascade from that from that backwards hops. Okay, um, and quite a dry and quite a dry finish. I, I, uh, yeah. I find too, which is quite nice. And it's five point yeah, seven. It's approachable. Yeah, yeah. Last year we had a much lower ABV. This year I wanted to push it up to more of like the traditional higher end. But still keep it drinkable. Like it's kind of an in between Martin slash New World Fest beer because like the Fest beers that you find at Oktoberfest now are not Martins anymore. They're more just like a heavier Pilsner slash Hellas, like a, a lighter bodied beer, but just more elevated alcohol without that breadiness. But I still enjoy that breadiness. I think it's the perfect fall accompaniment. So like yeah. it kinda has a foot in both worlds and I really like the Cascade that grows in Ontario. It's not like Northwest U.S. Cascade. It's all grapefruit and kind of pithy. It's more it's more peppery, more old world. And I think, you know, if they, if they keep growing the hops and not trying to make it like the Northwest, I think that's a good thing so that they can develop their own. You know, Ontario Cascade has its own profile, and it can be used in a different way, and it doesn't have to be used in the way that the American one is. So gotcha. it works great for bloggers. Hell Yeah. That that makes sense, and it's even better, I guess, because then you get that relationship directly with someone relatively local, and you're supporting Ontario, which is, I guess, in this economy, it's super important. It is because, uh, like, yeah. if these guys are—they're small operations, and if we don't buy them, who the hell is? So, I mean, they got to grow the way that we grew 20 years ago as craft breweries. Like, you need <clears throat> support and a system to use your products and grow up and get better and make more options for us and. You know, we've been trying to support Ontario for a long time. We used a lot of barn owl malt. Uh, we've used different hop farms for wet hops, for other projects. And they come and they go. And we like, these guys were great. And the dudes at Back Rose, I just love that brews and shoes. Like, it's fantastic. And uh, hopefully we'll be working with them more. That's wicked, man. Uh, go on, man. 
Uh, I, I just want to get back out there again. We, yeah. we sent them some beer and they have it on tap out there. I just, London's a far away, but hopefully we'll get out there again this year and, and visit that end of the province. Um, you know, it's always good to get out there and see those guys, see Milos, see the scene out there, like the guys over at um, uh, Storm State. Yeah, like all the places that we, oh, what is it? Anderson. Anderson. Yeah. Yes, that's what I'd give. I popped in there this summer. Just awesome, guys. Gavin's fucking fantastic. Yeah, Gavin's a man. Oh, yeah, Gavin's a man. Heat's great. What is, sir? Yeah. Pardon me? Oh, Pete's one of the brewers. Remember Jimbo? Oh. He used to work at Muskoka. He lived down the street yeah. here. Yeah. He's out at Anderson now. Yeah. Yeah, he's a beauty. <laughs> I think that other guy who used to work at Muskoka is there, too. Um, I forget his name now. I love the Brazilian guy? No. Um, damn. He had a beard. Um, <laughs> what? A brewer with a beard? Yeah. <laughs> a beard? What? You remember his name, though. <laughs> There's two of them there. <laughs> that's the best descriptor of somebody involved in craft beer those uh that's great jimbo um yeah. that, that's that's yeah. sick though it's cool that good people are moving around i was just looking at the uh the untapped of this and i had this for the first time in october 2016 so i guess that's um holy shit it has been at least seven years yeah so that's pretty cool um yeah it's like, been around that long. it doesn't look anything like i mean the beer itself has changed as well but like our our branding obviously has changed. I think we moved it more into the tri- more closely resembling a traditional sort of blue and white Munich color code Oktoberfest. I it was it didn't look anything like any of our other beers that black and silver can. I don't know what that was, but back then we were just like every nothing was really. It, it wasn't one whole. It was just kind of like different things. And now we in the last couple of years we brought them kind of into one they all kind of like i'm looking at the back of them and they're all exactly the same like uh, mm. our production team has done a great job bringing them together and making it look like they're all from one place as opposed to a bunch of damn random group which is sick no that's not something i yeah. definitely want to touch on tonight the uh the branding update is fire i just feel like um you guys were always doing crispy since the beginning yeah yeah, yeah. uh loyal norway was our first logger uh, but we've been doing – that was the second year we were here, so that was nine years ago. And we've been – I mean, we do we did a shit ton of loggers last year. Like, I think maybe we're up here today. Well, that's cool. Yeah, I mean, we, we, like, we like to do it. We have, some, we have, we have time. Like, it's yeah. fun for us to do it too. Hey, Sam, uh, when did you guys start doing those logger series? Like, how, how many years ago was that? It, it was the first year of the pandemic, so 2019, 20 – Oh, okay, yeah. so – because like Something we like- were just about to release them, and then there was a pandemic, <laughs> so that kind of like fucked it up. Yeah, was that the series that you talk? The one you were talking about, Brendan, was that the um uh, the series where all the brewers kind of get to come up with their own lager? Yeah, that- yeah. yeah. So it's uh, four loggers, I believe. Sam uh, does one of them, and then the brewers at the time do them, and. Uh, yeah, it just gives us an opportunity to express some creativity and come up with some yeah. fun stuff. And I believe this year, uh, Sam had the idea of just collabing with different breweries for each one, which was, I believe, a different direction for yeah. that. Yeah, yeah. So that uh, that made it even funner than. Yeah, I imagine I wasn't here for the times before, but <laughs> it was a good time for me for sure yeah. to uh, see all those guys and brew all those different beers. So 
That's dope. That's, and they they come to you to do all the collabs. Yeah, yeah. For our longer series this year, yeah, everybody came to us. Nice. Uh, yeah, that's dope. Yeah. It was great to work with some people we didn't really know either, like uh, the guys out at Square Brewing, way out in Godrich. Like yeah. uh, John did that one, and you know he and the, and, and uh, Brendan over at Aveling. Like, oh yeah, yeah. It was, the Calabria. That's how we got back in touch again. That that whole like. It was. We were there. Right. We was there, and it was like, shit, it's been way too long, man. Like, yeah, Brad was so yeah. psyched to see you guys. He was yeah. like, man, we just like, like, yeah, like he said, you guys are all like super good energy and stuff. He goes, man, you should, we should, you should do the, you get it in there yeah. again. So, um, it was, it was cool, man. It was, uh, that was a nice little coincidence. And Brad got me a can of that beer, I think, originally, and it was fantastic. The, it was the Keller yeah. beer. Am I remembering right? Yeah, yeah, that was the Aveling. Yeah, one. Yeah, exactly. So they came to the brewery to do it as well? Yep. Hell yeah. Yep. Nice. Brendan's a good cat, man. Like, yeah. There's stuff he studied in Germany. Yeah. yeah, they, yeah. They, they he's really good. We tried to do a, uh, a bond spiel as well. So they came up for that. So all the collabing breweries came up and we did like a fun spiel. What's where that? We, like a curly. Like a curly. <laughs> <Marshall. laughs> <laughs> okay. And we had we had a day where every like we had all the breweries come up the guy and we had some people from the town and other people people that didn't know how to curl just come out drink beer, try the beer and curl because we share a parking lot. With the fuzzy for me. Yeah, <laughs> yeah but I remember. Uh, it yeah, was, it was a lot of fun. That, I mean, that's it, very it, Canadian. It was, that's so Canadian. It was, a great, it was a great event. Yeah, that's fun. Curling's hard. Like people yeah. make fun of it, but like. <laughs> To keep that balance when you got the slidey shoe and then the grippy shoe and then you got the fucking broom guy, like it's a lot. We were terrible. Double grip. Yeah, we're terrible. (laughs) Double grip. (laughs) Yeah, you gotta double fist that for sure. It's uh, it's tough. It almost like I wonder if um, like if you're a good ice skater, like if that will like help you. I I just don't know if that skill set even like it's totally different, right? Because you gotta like keep balance while not fall on your face. Yeah. Oh no. He's a good hockey player. It was, I mean, yeah, it I was, it was, the best part was that everyone was sort of on the same skill level. So we all sucked. So it just made it yeah. fun. So it made it a bit better. That's, yeah, that's just fun then. Yeah, that's a good time. Yeah, we had the GLB guys up, traveling. We had uh, Second Wedge. Uh, guys from Gateway City came up. Uh, Square Brewing couldn't make it. He was, I mean, it was, it's pretty far, and he's like a pretty much a one-man operation. He's 400 kilometers on the other side of the province, so we totally Jeez. understood. Anyone out there, what visit that? Godridge. Go see him. Square Brewing. Yeah. It's what town? Spot. It's a lovely Godridge. town. Like- Godridge is the town. Yeah, Godridge, yeah. Ontario. Okay, I got to check for that. Western Ontario, it, I imagine. If you're way over there, like it's the it's the – Armpit of Ontario, and there's nothing after it, but it's beautiful. And there's also like, uh, what I want to say, Bayview. Is that the next town over? I believe so. Yeah, it's super beautiful too. Like, there's a, it's just worth going up there for a couple days. There too, with Gray Matter, Blythe. You can go to Cowbell. There's yeah, there's a nice little breeze there. Right. Um. That's awesome, man. I really liked you guys doing that. I really enjoyed that series. And I found that um, I think I got all of the uh, 
um, the the four lagers last year. They were just so fun, and I just feel like you're like yeah. and this is kind of maybe tying back to where I want to start off. I just feel like everything about because we've kind of followed your journey, like you were saying earlier. Um, Nate and I were, you know, drinking you guys back in. When did you open? Was it 2011? Uh, yeah. Yeah. Okay. So like, you know, we've been following Sawdust since essentially the beginning as, you know, drinkers learning about craft beer. You guys were, you know, when there wasn't that many Ontario breweries that you could kind of have regular access to it, say the LCBO before, you know, doing a brewery trip was kind of like a thing as opposed to just like, oh, let's just go to a brewery. Like now it's whatever. Back then it was a whole thing. Like it was a fun, big, like, let's go to a brewery, you know? So you guys were one that was easy to access um, alongside maybe half a dozen at most other, other locals. So seeing that, and then, you know, even uh, at uh, tw- in 2016, you know, you guys did what I thought was the first um, New England IPA with Juicin in the in the province. We can talk about that soon as well. Um, and then, you know, coming into 2018, since we'd had the last convo, I know you've, like you said, you've always kind of done the Krispies, but I just kind of feel like since then, like everything that you guys are doing from the branding, the Krispies, the, the IPAs, is just like the improvement is crazy and it, things were already great. And it, it just felt like you've just done these like tweak, tweak, tweak everything nonstop. I don't know if you could, you guys could speak to that sort of like, did anything happen or was that just kind of a natural thing? Different people coming in and, you know, if there's a new face, I'm like, Hey, why don't we try this and that? And it's just making things better, bringing, you know, mind sharing, bringing in different inf- like backgrounds well, and think- experience, you know? Is, is both of those things. It's uh, like J- James has been around since, oh, I think the second year we opened. So he's been around the whole time. And I've been around the whole time. But we've also, so like there's been a solid core of people which right. allowed us to, you know, that gives us the ability to tweak stuff because we're so familiar with it. But then we have guys like Brendan just came in about a year and a half ago. And we get new voices and new people coming in, bringing in new blood and ideas. So that allows us to go in different directions as well. So it's both of those things. And, you know, marketing wise, in terms of our, our branding, we've definitely had a bunch of different people and a bunch of different influences, but the last two artists have really driven us in the, the, the direction that we went. First, Sandy, who was fantastic, who was the first one who sort of brought it under one umbrella and then now Dana, who's sort of keeping that going and nice. adding her touch to it. So it, it is a, it's partly having the same crew, but also adding those new people. And, you know, that's what craft beer is. Like, it's a pretty, it's a migratory business. Nobody really stays around too long. It's like, we're all the fucking Lewis Hobo. We just keep moving around from town to town, <laughs> saving people. And we just hop a train and go to the next one and then start a new life. <laughs> Gypsy Brewers. Gypsy yeah. Bruin. No, that makes sense uh, that you've had to, you know, it is really important, I guess, to have those, the team. But then I, sometimes I, I would, what I was kind of getting at was, you know, if you've got the same people, often it's kind of, you might get into a, a groove and you just, oh, we do it this way because this is how we've always done it. And you don't always, you know, think to change it. And I feel like with you guys, like I, I said to you guys when we came and did the collab, like I feel like you cracked the code with Hayes. And we've said that here on here a bunch as well. Like it was already great when we did the first one. But there was something that happened. I think it could have been what you were saying before, Sam, when you had more time over the pandemic with Everyday Magic and the Binary System series that were just like, like they had no, like there was no New England IPA, I want to say, in like 
in the LCBO. Nothing was coming close. It was ridiculous that you'd be able to get a beer that good for that price at that store. It's insane. So like it was, it's so impressive to see those changes and just sort of like the, you know, like, yeah, I imagine all the improvements, a series of 1% tweaks. So the body was crazy and maybe the dry hopping rate was wild and blah, blah, blah. Um, yeah, it's just, it's, it's even more impressive actually than if you've got mostly the same squad. That's kind of like, you know, take it forward. We, like, I know that we always are constantly drinking other people's beer and we're paying attention to what's going on. And we know how great the scene is in Ontario. So, you know, we want to, we feel a certain amount of pride that we want to keep ourselves on the level with the breweries that we consider to be good. So in order to do that, we have to continuously improve because they're continuously improving. It's a, it's a great environment to be in because competition drives other people. And if we don't stick, if we don't continuously improve and change our beers to match that level of improvement, then we're just, what's the fucking point? So, and it's great having a team as, you know, as good as we have who are all on the same page and willing to make those changes and technically are fantastic. Like we have a very small team. The amount of work that we get done with the amount of people we have is incredible in my opinion. I've got a bigger brewery that have way, way, way more, or smaller breweries that have more people than we do. Yeah. And we are able to get a lot done in a, in, with a very little amount of workers that are just pouring their heart into it so it's it's you know we, we we take a lot of pride in that why do you think mm -hmm. that is why do you think your team is so productive and efficient well we we've, we've designed our brewery to be there like we don't want to be there all day like it's yeah. not like it, we all want to have our lives too right like so mm -hmm. we design it to be that way like it shouldn't take this long to do that thing and we're like if it does, then we're like, okay, this is fucked. How do we make it better? <laughs> so it's not just from a, a standpoint of making the beer itself better, but how do we make it more efficient? How do we make it take less time and how do we get more out of it? So it's, there's those tweaks as well, which don't really show up in the customer facing way, but it definitely shows up in our day to day, like enjoyment of life and productivity. Yeah. Like I want to go home now. Like this is how it works. <laughs> And like at the beginning, you're always learning curve on a new brew house, but we've now done 2,500 brews on that brew house. We better goddamn well know what's going to happen than every time that a beer goes through there. Right. Every once in a while, we'll have a hiccup, but that happens anywhere. But for the most part, a day goes the way a day's supposed to go most of the time. And, you know, that Rob's always been great buying us new equipment and keeping us on the technology edge of what, what's important to, to be at. Like, we have a centrifuge. Okay, we got that. We have a new can. Let's get that. Let's get all the things that make our life easier and make us more productive and more efficient and allow us to be more creative because now we can play with these things and grow that way as well. Hmm. Great I feel answer. like uh, work-life balance is not like is not something that you typically hear a whole lot about in uh, like in the brewing world. That's uh, that, that, that's pretty cool that you like that you've managed to, to like to work that into uh, your, your brewery's environment. It's um, it, like it's a bit, it's a bit of a refreshing take, and uh, like to then also have uh, like to have that like that energy towards prioritizing that. 
it's evident that that also translates into the improvement of your processes in your beers as well for everything that C was just, that like was just saying before. That's uh, that, that, like that's that's pretty cool. Yeah, it's great. Well, think, yeah, 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 yeah. It is, it's it's awesome, and you know, even just I'm gonna make a little quick shout out something small. Like Sam was saying, you you could tell the brewery was designed by a brewer. Yeah, you know, you can go in other breweries and you can see certain valves in places or weird things or like how, well, why is that research yeah. valve like that? And you know, like a, even a small thing is like the height of our catwalks. You know, you can tell from our restaurant, if you look in at our brew house, you'll see our catwalks are about as high that you can walk right under it. You know, that's yeah. a, a feature that not a lot of breweries have. So yeah. all those, you know, it's a minor thing, but you know, when you look at it from a, from a brewer's eye, yeah. you, you definitely can tell it was, uh, it, it was made by yeah. somebody that knew what they were doing. And that big kettle, we have like an, a large kettle in our brew house. So that like really saves us. So we're not having to like brew repeatedly over and over. Cause like each brew takes like, you know, five hours. So if we have a little bit bigger of a kettle and we can do two brews instead of three. You well, know, even the whirlpool, right? Like yeah, the four vessel yeah. system is incredible. You yeah. know, like that, that, that allows us to pump out like, you know, doubles for us aren't, aren't, as Sam was saying, you're talking work-life balance. Like we'll pump out doubles with our small crew, and still all of us out on efficient time yeah, and manner. You yeah. know, like it's it's not a strain on any of us because the the system is developed mm-hmm. uh, to to allow us to do so. You know, and and allow us to replicate it um, can continuously as well. So hmm. it's uh, it's a good place to work. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. That's dope. So, like, all of it, this is fascinating because I feel like we've never ever talked about this sort of stuff ever before, and. So essentially what I'm hearing is that like the way that the company treats the employees as far as the work-life balance, as well as the way that the actual workplace is designed for like maximum efficiency, that results in higher quality end product. Yeah. For sure. And and happier people. (laughs) Yeah. And we're just happy. It's amazing. Which then makes you more creative, maybe, as well. But also just care, too. Yeah. Last year we added a canning line, which was the, I feel like the single most important thing that we've added in the last five years. Our other canning line was at the end of its life. And I mean, it didn't know us anything. We had pumped like eight million cans through that son of a bitch. But, uh, it was to the point where we didn't know what was going to happen on a day-to-day basis. Like you could be there for two hours or you could be there for eight and it would do yeah. exactly the same thing. And that doesn't, you know that when you come into work, you're already your back is already up because you're like, what is going to happen today? And you, you you don't want that. You want to come into work going, I know I'm leaving at 3 p.m. today, and then you can set the rest of your day up because there are people outside of the work that depend on you that you're going to be somewhere. You have other priorities in your life. You have commitments that you have. If you don't know that you're going to leave at a certain time, you can't make those commitments, and that's frustrating for anybody. But this new canning line. It's like, do it, done, finished. And it's, and it's better, it's quicker. We can do twice as much in half as much time with half as many people. Wow. And it's like, well, this is, why do we wait so long? <laughs> Probably yeah. the uh, the price tag on that. I saw that as the beast. Oh, yeah, yeah. It is yeah. massive. And the centrifuge you're showing me too, obviously, all these improvements, uh, not cheap, but it sounds like very worthy investments that are paying off in more ways than just financial. Mm-hmm. Sure, and you know, we, it, it, it shows like James has been there the longest. He knows 
what yeah, it's been man. like, what we've gone through, and yeah. the long days. Yeah, man, I remember filtering Norway, like, back in the day, through, like, a lenticular filter. I, you guys may not know what a lenticular filter is. It's just, like, a like an oil filter, like, for your vehicle, sort of mm-hmm. like that. Anyways, and, like, you know, comparing that to the centrifuge is, like, I don't know. You can't even compare them. They're so different, like... We have to change, like, even, like, where I came, I was using a plate and frame filter. Oh, yeah. So, like, using God. a plate and frame filter, you got 40 pads, you run 10 hex through, it stops, dead yeah. stop. You, you max out your, you're pissing CO2 out of every yeah. inlet. Then you you got to change your pads, out. flush everything, you're there all day, gets jammed again. You know, the few, like, we run the, even the way we run the fuge, like, through cast out. Like, oh, yeah. That's, like, you know, yeah. we, we utilize that thing. We use it every day. Yeah. And I, I think it is, it's, I would say it's well worth its weight. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's been amazing. Hmm. The other, like the other benefit with all of us is that we've all worked at other places and we've all taken the knowledge and usually it's what didn't work at the place you used to work. So what am yeah. what are we doing to not do that? <laughs> yeah. And you know, James, James used to work in Muskoka. Hmm. Brendan was at stack. I was at mill street and Robert Simpson. Like, so we've had these experiences and all those places are great. I'm not saying it's bad about them, but like, uh, okay, I didn't like that about that place, so I'll never do, I'll never ever work on a DE filter as long as I live for the rest of yeah. my life. I don't want anything to do with it. Yeah. So there's a centrifuge, and it's like, okay, this is pretty much that as far as like where we are in terms of like our size, this is about as good as it's gonna get. So yeah. here we go, and it's repeatable, and it makes our life easy. Science, do your thing. Fuck the hard work, and and. <laughs> bad air quality and all of that goes along with all the old filtering systems like mm-hmm. are you fucking yeah. kidding me that bag filter is better than the fucking plate yeah. frame i yeah. had i would have just yeah. bought a fucking bag filter are you <laughs> fucking kidding me <laughs> that's crazy i love that whole concept we j- i just did this podcast with this dude from texas who used to own a brewery and then he sold it and he started a podcast called how not to start a damn brewery and he's trying to wow. interview breweries who fail i've seen it yeah, Kelly, he's a champion. And this is so That's smart great. because he's interviewing breweries that failed and then he's going to he wants to get to 100 episodes, but he gets a lot of no's because not everyone wants to share. You know, they maybe feel embarrassed or whatever about the brewery failing yeah. and he's not trying to embarrass anyone. He's trying to extrapolate the the reasons for the failure cuz he's like there's maybe like four ways that you can succeed when you look at success, but there's hundreds of ways you can fail. And he said he's going to compile all of those all of the data and then may, write a book based on the podcast answers that he gets. And it's genius because it's exactly what you're saying. You're taking the failures from other places. You can call it a failure or just maybe things that weren't super efficient, whatever, same concept. And then applying that to as opposed to, hey, this really worked. It's almost like, well, what didn't work is arguably more important uh, than what actually did work. So that's sick yeah, that yeah. you guys are doing that in real time and, and seeing the results. Fucking amazing. Well, with COVID, he's going to... You'll hit a hundred episodes pretty quickly. Like it's yeah. it's sad to see. You know, I, I don't mean that as a joke. Like it's 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 sad to see how many places are. You know, people were relying on this summer to be the big summer. You know, they the were. the one out of it. You know, yeah. and and there's a lot of places realizing now that you know it, it wasn't quite the boom that we expected after everything that we went through. Mm. You know, and you're going to see a lot of places starting to shut their doors, unfortunately. And you know, I wouldn't even consider that a failure. That's just time and place, product of yeah. environment. You know, like. That's 
you know, That's at the end point. of the day, like your wallet's only so deep, you know? So yeah. there's definitely you know, failure, failure is the best way to learn. And, and whether or not timing is, 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 I mean, that's something you don't really have control over, but it is also like you can choose not to do something just because you really, really want to do something. You have to look at the environment that you're re- opening a bird right now would just be to me bonkers. Like, what are you thinking? <laughs> like, this is not a conducive environment to opening a new brewery. So maybe like back shelf that idea till the market comes around again, because I don't see how anyone could penetrate this market and somehow get in there and be above somebody else that's already there. Like what new can you add to this where somebody doesn't already filled and like, we're all doing so many things that there doesn't seem to be a lot of room for anything else. I don't mean that's not an impossibility. There's always something, but like it would be very hard. Yeah. Do you think there'll be like a bubble break? You think that's a thing that's going to happen? Like people like, like, like we, can't, we can't keep expecting consumers to pay higher costs to offset what we're paying. Like at some point, something's gonna fucking collapse. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think yeah, there might be. Say, I think you're right. Goes yeah, ahead. like it, it, people have been talking about uh, like about the bubble burst coming. I feel like it, I feel like that conversation's been going on for at least three or four years. Uh, that like to to some degree, it's it's hard to say what that actually, like how that actually manifests. It's like, what it looks like to me is that we're kind of seeing a slow, uh, like, like as opposed to a bubble, just bursting. Like we've still, we've just been seeing like a slow trickle over the, like, like over the last few years. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. Like, like we're, like we're not getting, like we're not seeing at, like everyone close their doors at once, but, uh, but you know, when you see like a couple close their doors here, like two or three months later, a couple of other ones, like a couple other ones close, like close their doors. You see an acquisition here, you see a partnership there, like all of these things that keep slow, like that keep kind of slowly happening, like over the years, and it piles up like quite a bit. Would you agree with that, or like do you see, or do do you kind of see it a bit differently? I'm with you completely. This the. An amalgamation of breweries has been happening. That's I think will continue to happen. Instead of just closing, they'll join forces and become like an entity over here, which makes sense. Yeah, mm-hmm. you buy power, whatever. Uh, you'll see places that the smaller places that can't afford these economies of scale. Those are the ones that are going to be the ones that suffer the most. It's it's the, yeah. it's the ones on the other end, the ones that are so big, like the bows that were this monolith that couldn't shift when they when there was no licensee sales and they were so licensee heavy and they couldn't do anything about it, what was that? They were so dependent on one thing. Like there's people in the middle, like we were just happened to be of a certain size and we were able to be nimble and sort of shift our focus without it being catastrophic. And we we were able to go, okay, we're going to focus more here. And we were kind of already doing that anyways. We were, we've never been, trying to take over the world. We're just trying to be happy and make a nice living. And yeah, I think that's... Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's fascinating. I mean, even like, you know, we saw like Boncat obviously was the big one that everyone was super sad about. And and that one was a simpler answer. It was a lease thing, really. The, the rent was going to go up too much and to the point where it made it redundant and moving would be the same cost as starting... Uh, 
a brand new brewery. So they were like, let's call it a day. So that's super sad. And that's, I don't even know if that's much of a symptom of the market and all the, the other factors that we've been talking about, as opposed to just like, ah, uh, you know, same as anything. It's why people were sleeping in tents in parks and shit. Like they, you know, the rent's well, going up. So like, you know. And I don't mean to say, I'm not saying anything about market, but that's like one of the things that we looked at too when we started this was we did not want to be leasing anything because we didn't want to be beholden to anybody else. Yeah. So Rob mm-hmm. owns this building. I mean, that, and that was, you know, we were in a position that Rob was able to do that. But that means when this type of shit happens, it doesn't matter. It doesn't affect us the way it would be somebody else who's beholden to a leasehold. Mm. And and that was always, we looked at other breweries that, that we had seen that as being one of the failures. And we're like, don't do that. Like, because in the end, I mean, he still owns the building, worst case scenario, he owns real estate, which is never a bad thing to have. Mm. And... You know, he's, you know, that's his, you know, he, he, he recognized that from the start. So it does take some pressure, but it also has other things like our roof might as well be Swiss cheese at this point. So <laughs> now we have to pay to improve the roof. So right. there's, I mean, there's, there are downsides, but like we'll, we're never at the, you know, the, the whim of some guy who could be like, well, I'm just going to double your lease now because the lease was until now and bam, now you're fucked. Yeah. And and you have to close, and then that's that. Yeah, he doesn't yeah. care. He'll get someone else to pay it. What does it matter to him what's in that space? And don't they get like tax? Isn't there like some? Because there's so much commercial real estate that's sitting empty, and I've heard word, and this might have been in Quebec, but like I've, I've heard that there's almost like tax breaks uh, for for empty like commercial real estate, as opposed to like you need to fill it. So they're just sitting back, maybe taking a tax loss or whatever, and, you know, not having to pay tax or whatever. I'm not familiar with it, but that's what I heard. Is that something similar in Ontario? I don't, I don't know. No show. Give of breweries ex- those tax breaks. What yeah. the fuck? Yeah. Why, why are they getting tax breaks? Yo, I saw a whole thing about that recently. There was this thing on um, some TV channel. I forgot what it was called. And it was uh, Mandy from Left Field. It was Steve from Bose. Oh, and TVO. TVO. That's the one. You saw it, right? And they were basically talking about Ontario has like twice as much tax on the beer than, say, BC. So, like, they're being strangled in this economy where, you know, finally they let um, independent bottle shops be a thing. And all these other small little like oh they they gave in for these hundred year old laws and like okay now we'll let you let a fucking cafe sell some beer they they still won't change the tax because i guess they're loving their sweet tax dollars but like it's strangling small businesses like this it's just so it's so crazy there's there's a lot to go up against man it's a it's an interesting time it feels like on a positive tip and i feel like we need to get to the next beer but the we it's like we just have to ride out when i say we i mean it's like the breweries mostly but i've got to ride this shit out however long this lasts hopefully not long and then we should be back in business and hopefully the government does whatever they can to reduce that burden a little bit and make things a little easier uh on the companies themselves because the comp the breweries employ people and the people then if people aren't employed then we're in trouble like it's it's like why would you not make employing people easier it's it's so ridiculous to me can't stand it what are we what are we cracking um, next we you guys see that smooth segue oh, we're good. That's good. yeah that was great right? you should just, it's like you have, uh, it's like you host a podcast or something sam <laughs> <laughs> i'd listen to that i'd love that smooth segues love that oh this is with short finger hell yeah big ups rub oh nice 
So this one, San Diego Dreaming, Doc Session yeah. Lager, 3.5%, um, keeping in the crispy vibes for uh, for right now. Um, I imagine this was part of that uh, series we were talking about earlier? No, this is just uh, oh, just a fun yeah, club. It was, it was, this was at the beginning idea to do that was because of Rob. But then uh, I don't know why we moved it. Anyways, we did. I can't remember. Like it probably involved this, but uh, oh shit, Rob and I have uh, been doing collabs for a long time. He's like, he's awesome, and we've known each other for more than a decade. And oh yeah, we love working with him. And in the past, we've done a lot of. We had gone there a few times and done um, more of the barrel aged stuff that they're really known for. Uh, he actually just released a version of uh, shit. Just the other day, he just released it. Of a collab that you guys did, like a barrel? Yeah, we've done a couple, and then this is the first time we actually had Rob come up to the brewery. He's got a cottage up in Muskoka, him and his wife, him and Kat come up, and uh, they're such awesome people, and it was great to host them. And We tried to do Funk Fest this year, and we tried to have like kind of half funk, half clean, so we wanted to have as many lagers as we had funky beers. Didn't this quite go off as we hoped. Uh, it was still a fun day, but it wasn't quite like the Funk Fest of, of days before. Why? Yeah. It was still a good time, but that we released this beer that day, so we had it. So it was a lager in the Funk Fest, so we had something clean. Uh, basically, we wanted to do you know something that was really dark, but still sessionable, and right in the middle of summer, like middle of July. So like kind of like fuck with people and do something contrary and that, but it's still very drinkable. I think it's great for three and a half percent. I mean, you're not going to stay. Yeah, hell yeah, boys. Cheers. Let's find out. Get cheers. That in you. It smells great. Wicked nose. Cheers, brother. Oh yeah. Well, coffee. Hell yeah. Chocolate. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Coffee, chocolate, light, but plenty of flavor. I wouldn't guess. Um, I wouldn't guess three point five for sure. That's what's crazy about it. You know, a lot of those light beers. You know, they yeah. like I find I find session IPAs uh, are the worst struggle for that. I wouldn't yeah. say the worst yep. for it, but I find 100%. a lot of session IPAs like lack that kind of bite and you know just even hop character that like a normal IPA has, and you know the yep. malt character coming through on this on. Like it, it, it's insane, actually. Yeah, it drinks like a five and a half. Like it's really nice. Yeah. Yeah. definitely it yeah it's it's mm. super biscuity uh like, like has a like has a bit of sweetness to it up front and but again like the uh like the fest beer the, the like the finish is just bone dry that yeah. like like delightfully and this one has uh, like a really really nice roasty aspect to it as well like as the uh as the evenings are getting cooler this like this is tasting real nice yeah, I mean, I was actually thinking about this the other day. I'm like, fuck, I want this on my deck so bad. Yeah. <laughs> and I was just kind of sitting there, like, watching the leaves fall. I'm like, this would be really good. Oh, Quick shout out to Rob. He, uh, he rebranded, and this was the first time I seen his new logo. Yeah, this is the first. Uh, the, 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 this is why I, I didn't even notice this a short finger at first. Uh, like, yeah, that's I what I mean. I, yeah, this so is the first time I've seen cool. this, too. That's dope. Yeah, they're, they're always, you know, they always are doing fun things. Rob's a very you know, fun loving guy. They do some pretty cool stuff at short. Uh, <clears throat> we went out there last 
spring and did like a they do like a punk show with kind of like some breweries there it was it was so much fun to get out there and see those guys like that's what collabs are you know for like you were there brendan it was a great little fun event wasn't it you and uh, jordan came that was fun oh yeah you're like concert or whatever yeah yeah that was a dude that was like I, I enjoyed myself a little too much. I, I thought it'd be boring, but Sam, Sam took over, so. Yeah. So you can enjoy yourself. You went hard. What's that called again? Um, it's like, there's a name for the festival, um, and it's like big bands and stuff. Uh, and that's okay. Oh, Warp Tour back in the day, yeah. Oh, are you talking about the one at Shortfinger, though? Yeah. Yeah, no, yeah, yeah, what, yeah I, don't, I, don't, was it, I don't know if it had a name to it. Because when I first, I, I had him on, when we did. first moved to Hamilton, I had him on the pod and he was talking about the a festival and I totally, the name escapes me, but I think that's what you're talking about. Yeah. Yeah. Because yeah. we were there. What were we pouring there, Sam? We, we brought a few beers. I think we brought like short beers, but it was the four lauders. It was the four well, we brought, lauders. We brought the light beers. We were the only brewery that brought light beers. Cause that's, people kept coming up to us cause they're like everything. <laughs> Everything out there in the waters is six point eight. <laughs> you guys got loggers over here. <laughs> so, yeah, we had right right people at a concert to, to drink some later pints. So that's hilarious. Everything but water is six point eight. That's amazing. <laughs> yeah, there was, there was a lot of, Jeffrey might have given me some gummies, so I was kind of like I couldn't move. So I was like, I'll just hold the floor because I know like, like I got I'm these all through. <laughs> gummies are the greatest things on earth i tried not to yeah. be high on the pod though because it gets a bit awkward but fuck they're good um yeah, yeah it was a nice little like yeah um, it's just nice and clean and you got i, I love that that's like they got the different um i was about to say abv the tac levels is like you can get the two 2.5 you got five and i think they have the tens in canada like different places like we're just in because it's legal in massachusetts so we went to boston and they had like the 20s they sold, but then they divide oh, the divide the 10s. Yeah. The 20 was the 10s, but they had like the gummies had like, they were like a, like a wine gum with sugar on the outside, but then it had like a line down the middle that you just like tear it if you want to split it. So Tiff and I would just split them. It was money. <laughs> and we, we uh, There were too much. It was too, Boston was extra sick because we just lit the whole time. And then we obviously couldn't finish them by the time we went back. So I gave them to a friend in Vermont, but it's like, fuck. Good time. Gummies are the best. God damn it. That should, be, that should be another podcast you do. You just smoke a bunch of weed with brewers. Can you imagine? I don't know if I can even fit that in. That would be wild. Yeah. Unfortunately, I don't actually smoke at all. I only do edible uh, smoking. Yeah, that's good, smoking makes me sick, but it'd be interesting to do that. Smoking weed with brewers. Maybe I could be like a sub-series or something. Get high with people and say... <laughs> I'm gonna think on that. I'll let this little marinate a little bit. Um, <laughs> that marinate. Yeah, I love that. But this this beer is awesome, boys. Like this is great. This is like once yeah, again, it's kind of coming back to that. Just the quality of the lagers you guys are doing is just so exceptional. It's it's phenomenal. And I guess it's like like you guys also said before, it's that passion that you all have for the style. Like you guys love the shit. It's like you guys like love everything though, because I feel like Sawdust, you guys have a, a very interesting positioning because you're doing straight traditional purist styles in like like money, like exactly where they need to be. But then you'll do one of the other beers we're gonna have uh, later is just ridiculous. You know, you're making uh, beers that taste like cookies and shit. Like, mm -hmm. but but they're ridiculous. 
but they're really refined too. Then you're doing like perfect haze. Then you got like my favorite beer from you guys is Cthulhu, the you know the, the oh, nine. Yeah, that's my favorite. That's my favorite. favorite. That's that's my my favorite it's Love the best. That. Yeah, it's. I actually forgot. I re- I had one in the free. I had it like I think last year, and it was from 2017. So I guess it was a four or five year old uh, version, and it drank money. Yeah, and it was in a half. Yeah, you can hang yeah. on to that yeah. one. I knew, and I kept it cold too. I, I didn't. I don't always, but it was it was great. So it's it's got, it's interesting. You guys just have like a really interesting lineup. I feel like it speaks to everybody, but there's it's always like like you're not scared of ridiculous shit, but you also lean into the purest stuff. I don't, where does that come from? Because I feel like you, breweries don't always do that. It's usually kind of one or the other. Well, I'd like to go ahead, Sam. Go ahead, Sam. No, you go ahead. Oh, right. yeah. Don't, don't let me go. Well, I was just going to shout out that like, Sam, when we, when we do loggers, I think the reason they're so crisp and so good is we give them the time to do that. Yeah. A right. lot of breweries, you know, there's a lot of, I'm not going to say terrible loggers in Ontario, but like there, there's some bad ones out there yeah. and loggers take time. Like our logger series, we brewed in January. They came out in May. Like to yeah. have the ability to tank time that yeah. and like properly actually store and condition and let these beers clean because that's the traditional yeah. German way yeah. to do it, you know. Ultra premium. Like, so premium. to have the ability and, and, to, and to still on top of that have 18 beers on tap throughout the yeah. entirety of yeah. that. So to, to fit in like these are lager tanks and, and store those, those are done and still rotate all our main supply, LCBO brands and products, you know, like. The, the, the passion has to be there. We're not rushing these loggers because we don't want to drink shitty loggers. Yeah. So we're we're properly conditioning them and doing them the right way. And, and you can tell, like, even something like this. Like, I know this one was in tank for quite a while, oh, yeah. too. So. Yeah. Yeah. I like that. Sam, did you have anything you wanted to add to, to that? Well, I just, like, more to the, uh, all the different styles is that, I feel like that's just that to me, that's what drew me to craft beer in the first place was the ability to try new things that I, for me, I'm definitely like more of a traditionalist. I like old school shit. Uh, I went to school in Germany. I, you know, when I was coming up trying craft beer, it was all the British stuff you could get at the LCBO. So that's where my, that's where my head's at. But I also like loved going to the U S when shit was going popping off in the early 2000s and trying all that fun stuff. Like it was a, it was a wonderful environment to be in. Like it was, everything was happening. So it's like, you could do both. And I, I, and I never understood why more places didn't like, why don't you just try to do everything? Like it just seemed that's what you should. That's why we're here. The big guys do the one thing. Fuck that. They can do that. We'll do, we have, and we had access. We have access to every, ingredient that we want and the internet provides us with all the information we need and our mouths can go try different types of beer like it's all there so just embrace it it's such a simple awesome way to put it (laughs) i love that that's perfect yeah man that that makes complete sense i understand that people have like something that they come in to be wanting to do a certain thing and i respect that too but it's like i also think that to your credit it's hard to do it all well that's the that's the other thing. I find that like, and maybe maybe I'm generalizing a little bit because I don't think it's always the case, obviously. But you know, if people are, are lager brewery, there's a whole bunch. I'm sure you could think of a handful off the top of your head right now in the province alone that 
really focus mostly on lagers and they just do a really great job because that's their thing but they don't do any fun stuff i mean you know people like godspeed or tooth and nail like they just really on the money with their crispies and a few and a handful of other styles they don't do anything crazy i know maddie at tooth and nail fucking hates haze he's hilarious um yeah. and bim is a little more like you know straight up and down with what he likes and that's okay and that that's that's their thing but like you see like Rorschach, they do wild crazy shit all the time and it's all it's always super fun and the most absurd things ever um but they also do some but also really dope loggers dope loggers barrel aid stouts things like that so you you guys are sort of have this really cool it's like really fun approach to stuff like the viva puff stout for example is a, a really great one because you've like sam you were telling me when we were hanging out like you even emailed them actually got legal permission to call the beer viva puff stout as opposed to you know chocolate raspberry well, vanilla cookie or whatever we weren't allowed to call it Viva, we were allowed to use Puff, Viva, like, we were allowed to <laughs> imply that it was that without saying specifically Viva Puff. They were cool without calling it, we called it Viva List Out, and they're like, that's fine, we're not, we're happy they sent us the cookies. They just didn't want us to, like, specifically <laughs> say it. I love those cookies, fuck off. <laughs> <laughs> the best part was, the, the woman that emailed back, when I got the email, because I just sent it to a general mailbox, like, Info at Dare or whatever. When I got the response back from the marketing director, she's like, oh, and I'm not sure if you remember me, but my name's Emily. Uh, I worked at Sawdust when you guys first opened. I was a bartender. I'm like, no this way. is, what? There's no <laughs> way that that's. Like, yeah, we're definitely making that beer now. <laughs> oh, that's so my cool. God, that is wild. It really yeah. Dude, that beer is scarily like, accurate. Yeah. Scarily accurate. And what's ABP? It, it, it's like five, right? Like, if you smell well, that beer, it smells like you opened a fresh pack. Yeah. The first fresh one pack. was actually the first one was from a number of years ago, and we had a half a tank of Cthulhu that we weren't going to use. And I had always wanted to do this Viva, so I used that as the base, and then worked from there. And then when, we, when it turned out like this is too much like Viva Pop, we're like this is fucking crazy. <laughs> so we're like we can't sell it at nine percent at the LCBO because people it's too big. And we wanted to make it more accessible, and so we dropped it to five and reworked the recipe to be a more accessible 5% step because at nine, you're basically shooting yourself in the foot. You're not going to be able to move volume at nine. So that's how it started. That first one was like, that. it was great. Oh, <laughs> man, you got to make a small batch of that. I was going to say, could you do like a brew pub only, like a draft only, or like a small canning run since you've got this beast of a machine now? Well, I feel like that'll be something that probably will make its way back into the. We like to like you know put stuff on hiatus and bring it back later because again, this the more that like you do it later, you'll 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 have more information and you'll be able to do it even better because good point. You learn it and you know how to make it better. So the second time, third time, second time's good. I think the third and fourth are always where you really hit it, and we find yeah. this with all the stuff that we do. Because there's, it's not just, again, it's not just a recipe thing. It comes down to, like, how do you make it good on a production level? Yeah. Where it turns out good, it doesn't break our back, and we are able to repeat it. And that takes time. And it's frustrating because going into it, you know that it's going to suck. <laughs> but you kind of have to just be like, well, it's going to suck until it doesn't. So, fuck. Give and it a crack. you got to do yeah do so how do people like 
how do people sort of respond to that sort of sheer variety of stuff that you guys are doing? I imagine you probably have clientele who are, my guess would be like dedicated to everything. You'd have the ones that come in and like are down for all the crispies and you have the ones like, ah, oh, what are the fun stuff? What are those like, you know, you've got all the, the sour series that you've done with all these like fun sours, excuse me, like things, you know, then you got the, the, the crazy stouts or whatever. Like, do you have, do people seem to understand because obviously, also people don't know you guys are in Gravenhurst, so in you know Muskoka regions, in you know like cottage country, so it's beautiful, um, and you get a lot of people who maybe are just lo- just like beer, and they just go, "Oh, there's a brewery, cool," and they don't know like how wild beer can get, type of thing. Like, what what are the consumers sort of? How do they respond to to all of this stuff? Or is it you've been around so long that that's not even a a thing? Well, we have a mug club, a beer club members. We have mug club and beer club, but the beer club okay. are like a mail order uh, group that they get a, every month. They get a certain number of new beers, and that's you know that that was the impetus of the fifty two in fifty two weeks was we wanted to see what the what is what's the stupidest thing you can do, and is that plausible? No, but we did it to see like let's see how far you can push it to see what the boundaries are, and then figure out from there what's the more reasonable thing to do. But those those beer club members, they, they're the ones that are in for everything. They want to try something every month, so they get whatever the releases are, and we send them at the end of the month. They get all four releases or three. We typically two to four every month. And then you have the people that just walk in, and I, I love seeing the people that walk in with like a case, and they're just like looking at the window and they, they kind of pick one out and they put it in and then they walk to the other side and they walk in. It's like shopping and then they have like all these and then they'll, they'll put it down at retail and then be like, and you'll see them run back to the fridge and grab another one and stick it in. <laughs> like, just, we want to make it fun and then you have the draft and you get the people that get the big wheel, which is like, I think it's like 18 on the big wheel so they can try 18 different beers or you have no, no you're thinking old school, man. They, they knocked it down at 12. I, I remember the paddle. You used to get like 19 or whatever. You can get 18. I have a picture of the paddle. Oh, really? Where we'd roll up and they would give you every single one. And then when I started oh here, God. I was like, get the paddle. And they're like, oh, no, no, no. <laughs> we, we cut the paddle. Because <laughs> <laughs> the wheel, you I, need I two people, but the paddle, you needed three, which made yeah, sense because it's like yeah. shit ton of beer. Gotcha. Yeah. Yeah, that's probably annoying. And for anyone, for for anyone who hasn't been to the brewery, uh, like it, it's it really is like when you're getting your cans to go, it really is like a shopping experience, exactly <laughs> as Sam described. Because they've got more fridges of to go cans than I think I've seen at any uh, like at any other brewery. It's like it covers an entire wall of that huge uh, like of that huge front lobby. So you definitely can. Like, like grab a case and you'll be like walking from one end to the other, just shopping to fill up that case as you go. It's, it, it's a wild experience. <laughs> Very Again, cool. that was, that was a Rob and Carla and the other side of the bit. Like they were the ones that really wanted to make the retail experience like a comfortable experience. Mm. Like, you, you know, like it, it's important because you go to some places and it's like one of those old Coke fridges with four different beers in it. And you're kind of like, you're kind of looking around like, is that, is that the beer that I'm supposed to buy? Like, is it there? And it doesn't seem it's why don't, why isn't it? Why isn't it nicer? Like, why don't the retail is pretty important. It's kind of like you, that's where your highest margins are. It should be like the most important thing in your, to this business. And, uh, you know, that's 
what they wanted to focus on. And we had a huge space. Like, it's a Canadian tire. It was a retail business. Like, the front of the sawdust, that front area was where the re- where all the checkouts used to be is where we are right now. So, like, that's what it was. So we were able to move into that space and have that. You know, our first fridge wasn't as big, and it sucked. But, like, yeah. the new one is we can we can only – really, we put two – we can roll whole skids into the back of the fridge, which makes it a lot easier. But there, it's really only two full skids we can go. The rest of it can be a bit of a pain in the ass. But, you know, sure. it does take a lot of work to, to manage that fridge. But mm-hmm. I don't know. I think it's fine. How many skews would you have in that fridge at any given time? Well, like 20, We've had 24. Yeah. Okay. But like, usually, like, like – we're trying to we're, what we're trying to do this year is trying to marry the taps to the fridge. So we're trying to keep it around eighteen. Like it kind of sucks when you there's stuff in the fridge that you can't try on draft. Mm. So like because like it, to get that balance between how many kegs we make so that it sells out roughly the same amount of time as it takes to sell the cans. Mm. And that's I mean, it's not you know every year we get a little bit better at it, but. You know, it's also difficult because the world keeps fucking changing. <laughs> and, like, every time we think we know something, the entirety just, like, it literally just, last year doesn't matter anymore because this year shit's happening. So, completely new. <laughs> yeah, that, well, I think that's a crazy thing, though, too, real, just to touch on that point, then we can pass on. Like, yeah, yeah. my dad's saying, um, when he first came to our brewery, before I even worked there, he's like, oh, what I love about Sawdust is they have so many beers on tap, and they have – he's like, if I try it, I could buy it. He's like, I hate going to a place where they have three brand-new beers on draft, which is cool. I could try the beer, but he's like, can I buy it? No, like, oh, no, that's growler only, or, like, you know, that's only a keg, whatever. And he's like, you go to Sawdust, they have all these different varieties, and they have like it's massive when you walk in there you know like the amount of fridges in retail is just astronomical but it, from a consumer standpoint that's that's key right because you might not like the generic lager or the hazy or the west coast you might like the viva and something that we might not do all the time but if we have that available for you and like sam was saying trying to dial that in this year a little bit better i, I think we've been good at it as it is but uh, mm. you know it, it could always be better but it, it, it's awesome to be able to try something on draft and say, Hey, I like that. I want to grab a six pack of that. Cause there's nothing worse than finding something you like going to buy it and realizing you can't. Yeah. And I think that we yeah. offer that to, to, to people in, in a way that a lot of breweries don't. So it, it's, we'll touch on that. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, man. Well said. Yeah, no, you're right. And it's, uh, and I'm thinking now, well, after you said that, Nate, like, uh, how, is there anywhere that has a larger fridge? Like I can't think, of anywhere, anywhere in the world that I've been who has more beers available in a fridge. And it's, uh, yeah. And even just walking into the retail, you can tell there's got that, you know, that middle thing where like the little, like a bunch of racks and it's like a, a proper display that's been thought about and things are placed mm. based on the season. And like, you know, there's so many different things that you can get. It's just, it's like a real, it's a, it's a separate revenue stream completely that probably has managers and product managers and all that stuff that like, like you said, tight team, but thoughtful. And I feel like that well, we just really a, speaks we, to the brand. We got a great front of house retail team. And, you know, they've actually been, they're some of our longest serving employees that's now, like, they've been actually there a long time. So they, they understand Sawdust, they understand, like, 
what it's about, and they've helped develop the branding through what they purchase as what they get to showcase what we are. Like they buy the hats, they buy the shirts, they do all that stuff that people walk out and, and wear. So that's like that's the billboard that we have. Like we don't have any money for advertising, so we have to like make sure that what we put like put people into showcases what we are and that's you know a testament to them and them understanding sawdust and doing a great job with that and keeping that fresh and clean because they go through a lot of different uh, merchandise over a year to dana for those uh, oh sorry go ahead no go ahead Look. Oh, I was just going to say quick shout out to Dana for the chalkboards too. If you ever go in the bar, oh, yeah. she does our cans as well, but the chalkboards for all of our draft, it's, uh, yeah. it's something else to look yeah. at. It, it's nice. Like she nails the logos. Like the full logo design is on the chalkboard. You can't like miss the can, you know, yeah. it's, it's crazy. That, is good. The Norway one is incredible. It is just, <laughs> yeah. the fucking plane is unbelievable. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Dana's great. I got to, we got to meet her there. She's super cool. Mm-hmm. Super talented lady, doing all this stuff. I love it. It's uh, you guys got a real, real tight ship going on. Yeah, this is uh, probably, this is probably a good, uh, like a good cutoff point to uh, get to the next beer, eh? I was gonna say, yeah, sure. It, it, uh, this is like the first uh, of three segments of beers, so this is the crispy segment. Now we move on to the what would you call this one? Like the crazy shit segment. This is definitely the crazy shit segment. These um, uh, these next two beers don't really. I don't like. There's no there's no way to put them into a lineup and ever have them be similar to anything. So just deal with like it. It is what it is. The next just, one's gonna be fucked. Just, just there's drink not it. A, there's not like a sensible flow from one beer to either of these beers or from these beers to another style. Could I? Because they are they're. Their singularities, they're de- like they're just they exist on their own. Do we say and, that should we do the stout first because it kind of like is a little bit of a carryover from the beer we just had, and then we cleanse with the the one after you that? Know what, that, would be, that would actually be good because the tartness, I think, of would clash too much. Yeah, that yeah, might, yeah, yeah, that might mess with the IPAs. That's a good point. I don't want. I don't, I, I, this next one is so unique, and I think you know. This idea, like that James had, fuck, what was it? Was the second Funk Fest? So like, yeah, I don't know, years and years ago. But yeah, um, it was a germination that took probably five or six years to get to where it is now. Okay. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's like a kind of a hard one because it, you have to use like weird um, malt, sort of like non-typical, like base malt kind of thing. I don't know if any of you guys have ever had horchata before in the in real life. Real it's like a rice milk, like they steep rice. Um, it's like a drink in Mexico. They drink it in the summertime. It's really good. If you ever get a chance to eat drink horchata, it's amazing. That's why I wanted to make this. This guy who used to work at the brewery Cow would make horchata, and it was so good. Yeah, they steep like rice in water and it becomes like this sort of like milk and they add cinnamon to it and like a hot pepper or something. Cool. And yeah, you serve it on ice, just drink it in the summertime. I don't think so I've had it. Buddy, thank you. So this is uh this is like the beer version of that of that drink. And the other thing like one of the other components was that 
the term white stout gets thrown around a lot and a lot of times it's not a white it's never actually white it's like yeah, this blonde, blonde ale and you're like why don't you just fucking call it a blonde ale or something <laughs> and we wanted it to be like white like, like that's about as white as you can get yeah and what what made it wet was it just the choice of grains Brew so secret. There's no, there's, no, there's no barley in it. Yeah. It's all spelt oats and wheat. Okay. And uh, we mash really high so that it leaves a lot of body still in it because it's only 3.5% again. I want to keep it on the low level because it's supposed to be a refreshing summer drink. And then we add the, 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 the cinnamon, which is the traditionally highly flavored, and a little bit of vanilla. And I think, you know, the body. We had lactose as well to give hey. it that, that kind of creaminess mm-hmm. and sweetness. And it's just, it's, I find cinnamon makes things chewy and doughy and it adds that extra bit of like thickness to make it more stouty. And I, I it tastes so good. Yeah. <laughs> oh, I'm excited to try it. Boys. Yeah, cheers. cheers. Fucking get it in you. Yeah. Fuck get that in you. Oh, this, the nose the, the is cinnamon on the like it even comes through pretty strongly even on the nose, right? Like right off the bat. Oh wow, that that just works. It's yeah. like I didn't know what to expect. Now, why are you calling it a white milk stout? Doesn't that usually mean when like as a white stout that means there's um, coffee in it? Or am well, I? That was, well, that's part of the white stout is the co- the blonde coffee thing, but. We also thought that the white stout is just a stupid thing, so we kind of like, <laughs> like we just we just we did, we also didn't know what to call it. Like, what the hell do you call it? Like, this yeah. is the closest thing. I think a white stout is a you make something pale that's supposed to take like taste like a stout. Yeah. So if you want to use coffee, if you want to use chocolate, if you want to, you know, anything that has those elements that you would find in a stout. There's I don't think there's any clear direction. Yeah. For like, well, any, like this thing's got a ton of body, so that's yeah, 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 yeah. Mm. Mm. it's super unique and it yeah, just it really, it, it really works it's like how uh, close is this to the actual drink would you guys say actually, surprisingly close um, yeah there was a guy that just posted on Instagram the other day uh, a Mexican fellow it was like I had to translate it because it was all in Spanish but like he was awesome. he gave it a big thumbs up and he said it yeah. tasted like Corcorana so I'm like hey you know if the source is saying it's it's true. Then I think we 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 captured it. Yeah, That's money. I'm surprised at how well it came through. Like, I think there's yeah. a uh, there's a touch of brewers tears in the oh, back yeah. there. Brandon has a story about <laughs> this. This <laughs> was <laughs> batch. No, no. It's just because we're using 100 percent adjuncts. It doesn't uh, it doesn't lauder as good as yeah, other it, beers. It can might. brew terribly. <laughs> yeah. Right. So right. this, had, like, this is an example of, of taking it took a it took a number of brews until we finally got it where it was manageable. Yeah, it's it's, it's perfected. It's, 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 yeah. it's good. It's good. And it's consistent. It, as is all of our beers. It's yeah. just yeah, it was uh, a this bit was to a get there. The, yeah. the is this like in the I mean obviously the label kind of looks like the Viva Puff one. Um, is this like a sort of a series by any chance of sort of like, you know, maybe it's not, it's not necessarily a series, but we've, this time of year, we release a flavored stout and, you know, we've done the, we did the Viva Puff and then we did the Ah Caramel and then we did the Mocha Crunch, which are all Canadian, 
Canadian, specifically Canadian confections or chocolate bars. Uh, and then this year when we did, we had d- d- not done horchata because, you know, it had been, James has been trying to get this thing made for years and we finally did it and it turned out really well. And we had done the, the mocha crunch and we were going to do that one. And then we're like, you know what, this is, this is selling better. I think it's a better product. So we, we didn't do the mocha at the LCBO. We did the horchata. Okay. And then, so it kind of fit that it went into that same world. The V like that sort of flavored stout world. We just went white instead of black this time. Gotcha. And uh, I think it was a, it was a great choice because you know we you know we do a lot of stouts and this is a you know it's still a stout but it's a completely different it's left field stout like it's crazy like and it was fun working with us getting it and the last one the one that we moved today that we're packaging on Monday. We finally fucking got it, like from a production point where it wasn't the worst days of the week to do it. <laughs> they didn't, uh, these beers don't cooperate a lot? Yeah, it's just well, a tough like, beer. Right, without any barley in it, there's nothing to really create a mash bed, so it doesn't really function the way a normal beer would. Hmm. And you know, it, so to make it the way you normally would just doesn't work. So we had to figure out a blend and uh i think we finally got it uh, we we had a lot of loss in terms of like efficiency we had a lot of loss in terms of time but then finally after a number of brews we were able to get it as long as the product at the end was fine but those behind the scene things that you don't see uh yeah it was very satisfying i think to make this last one be as close to as well as it did Right. And I, think, I think this beer is going to transition perfectly into Christmas time. You know, like the fact that it's selling oh, yeah. so well now at, at, at a time when it's, you know, we, we released this in summer and it was gangbusters. We're going into spring. It's still selling well. Or sorry, going into fall and it's still selling well. So I can, and you know, this just smells like something I would drink Christmas morning. I, I would yeah. fucking pour one of these like easily. <laughs> yep. you know, so, and, and I think that also defines a good stout. Like yeah. people drink stouts in the wintertime. Is this something that I could enjoy on a fucking December day? And you know, when I smell this and I drink it, I, I feel like I could at least. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Definitely on aroma. Oh, uh, sorry, Sam. I was going in a completely different direction. Isn't that the line from the song by the Vampire Weekend in September drinking horchata? In September, anyways, never mind. It's September or December. And Brendan was talking about it. I'm like, I think that's from the song. <laughs> I'm checking right now. Oh, in, in December, oh. drinking horchata. That's cool, man. It's Look only gonna get better. It's only gonna sell better. I'm telling you. <laughs> oh, that's the the whole the album's called Orchada, or maybe it's just a song. Oh, it's track one on it's Contra. A it's a song. Okay, it's a great album. I fucking love it. Album. Yeah. <laughs> I haven't heard them for ages. Um, good memory. Yeah, sorry, Nate. What were you? Uh, fucking good uh, no, I was, I was just saying. That I was just uh, agreeing there that in aroma alone, I could certainly see like drinking this like in the full on winter because the, the like the for, for me anyways, the smell of the cinnamon automatically makes it like makes it feel warm and comforting. Yeah. Um, it, like it's something that just does that there, but like so it would. I like I would happily drink this on a cold winter day, and it's got the benefit of 
again drinking three and a half percent but you'd never uh, but you'd never know it like just on taste alone because it's uh, that like um uh, like Sam was saying, it's got uh, it's kind of got that like full bodied chewiness to it that like it feels like you're like you're drinking something that like like that's robust. It's got like it's got some substance to it. It's uh, like it doesn't feel like you're drinking session beer, uh, like which is like which is again something that would feel warm and comforting in like in the winter to drink something that's a bit chewy, has a bit of body to it, and has that like that warming cinnamon quality to it. So yeah, it would definitely work for that. Yeah, it's a good call. <laughs> yes, this is some good stuff, boys. I like. I love the innovation in this, and I like that it's. And it's great to hear that it's like this was the more popular one. Um, I'm surprised though. The I, I feel like would you say it was the mocha, like the the carrot coffee crisp kind of uh, one, yeah. right? I mean, that did fine, but it was also it, again. You know, you were saying you sort of you're always doing the same thing, so you might get stuck. Let's do like you get stuck in that. We didn't. We felt like we were stuck in that wheel, so we had to like mm. pry ourselves out and go in a different direction to keep it fun and exciting. Because like you, if you don't, then you just okay. We did it. Let's do it again. Let's do it again. And like, well, fuck. Okay, well, this is in that same world, but it's over here. So let's go over here. And it's also it was it was a challenge for us and that makes it exciting as well like okay we're going to focus on how do we make this work we got to mash it high we got to do this we got we had to employ like all the things that we knew we knew about but how do you make it all at the same time and that's innovation that brewing it's like fuck it do it yeah and and that's what's awesome is to sometimes just say fuck it do it yeah pull out your bag and, of and, and figure it out and you know, the end product, we we were all happy with. Even the first batch. I remember the first batch when it came yeah. out. We were like, what the fuck is this? Yeah. I looked at you. I was like, yo, this is, <laughs> this is fucking weird, man. Yeah. I was like, it's good, but yeah. it's weird. Like, and, you know, it's, yeah, you just got to say fuck it sometimes yeah. and do it, man. So. Like, Yeah, you never know what people are going to like, I guess. That's yeah. really what no, you really don't. Yeah. Have you guys been able to predict it a bit more over the years do you think as far as or is it still people surprise you i find it even harder now our sales team's having a hard time predicting yeah 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 (laughs) it's it's difficult because like the public is fickle and and everything changes like and and everything is so segmented now Mm. you can't really go after like the the nerds anymore because there's such a small portion and if you do you're just chasing a it doesn't make any sense yeah. So you got to try to fit into the mainstream, but you know, our, our, we're not necessarily a mainstream brewery. So how do we do that? How do you keep your feet in both worlds? And so like, that's part of the reason we have all the varieties, but it is very difficult. And it, but sometimes just taking a shot in the dark, throwing shit in the wall and see what sticks. That's the only way to roll, I guess, man. Like, and and I and coming even back to what we were saying before, like I guess there's an there's a level of expectation from you guys for this kind of fun weird stuff, and you have a good track record with. When you're saying sticks, I mean I'm sure you're imagining you're probably more referring to uh, what works with the public, but you could probably say objectively the things that you're trying actually work as a as a product. Like you're like oh, okay, we achieve the goal. Of like making this orchard white milk stout is weird, but it works. Now it's like okay, so it's a good, objectively good product. But is there a like a niche for it? Is there a 
Is there, yeah. is there a, can you position it like type of thing? So I guess that's the other side of it, which yeah, is interesting. Seem to be, they're, they're responding really well to this, which I think is, you know, it's great. Like it's, I mean, we're seeing it being, it's selling like crazy right now at the LCBO. It just launched and we're going through flats of it faster than we anticipated. Love it. Which again is, is awesome. And I'm glad that they've, they've accepted, like, at least taken that leap because it is something new and, the response has been extremely positive in terms of like what we're hearing back from the customers and what we hear at the brewery. And as we do more of it, I think, you know, we'll get better and we'll have it mainstream. And we're kind of like in this world where a, a brand might only last two years. So like it might be this winter and the next winter yeah. and then we want something else. Because that's just that's just the way of the world right now, or and it'll always be part of our catalog, and we'll bring it back. It might not be LCBO, but it'll be part of Sagas, and it'll be available at the brewery for online purchase and in-store purchase and on draft and all that stuff. It just the LCBO is something that we go into with stuff to keep our broader audience happy. Right. And I think, I think what both of you said touches on a similar point where, you know, Sam was mentioning we had the, the coffee crisp come out and, you know, we had the Viva and we had the, the ah caramel and we needed to pry away from that. And as you mentioned, um, the public perceiving us in the way of always having innovation, you know, we, we don't want you don't want to just fall in that. of oh, All they do is pastry stouts. Yeah. All they do is yeah. sours. You know, and I think I think the direction um, and and the focus being driven towards not doing that allows us to create beers like this. Like the, this is the byproduct of that mentality. Yeah, yeah. Because we we can't just you know, as Sam said, run our twenty fifth hundred brew through that system. You know, there there's hundreds of beers in our backlog. You know that that have been tried and have sold yeah. well. And and as mentioned prior, process changes things too. You know that we can brew again and brew better and things like that. And and I, I think that's what's important is, you know, our, our identity is important to us. And I think not having cause a lot of brands are tied to a style of beer, you know, like we were mm. talking about loggers. Shout, shout out Old Flame, you know, that's another one. You know, they, they only do loggers, you know, that's their yeah, thing. Yeah. And, and, you know, people execute that well. And I think it's difficult to stand on a pedestal and say, you know, we, we brew a bunch of styles, but we do them well. Because yeah. that, that's a lot harder than saying, you know, we focus in on one one thing because your process for that one thing is going to be very similar. But your process for all these different style of beers is going to be is going to defer. So mm-hmm. it, it, it creates a challenge in the back, but it also creates an opportunity for, again, beers like this to, to become present. So it's yeah. super cool to to actually see things like this come to the market and see people enjoy it, too, because yeah. that's what brewing's about. You know, like yeah. we get into crab. I, I didn't get into crab brewing, like Sam said, to drink Canadian and stuff. I want I I tried new shit and I liked it. And I want to make new shit. Yeah. And it becomes hard to make new shit yeah. <laughs> at yeah. the end of the day. So you, you kind of just throw something at the wall and see what sticks, like you said. And, you know, mm-hmm. this is, I, I feel like this was a hit for sure. Mm-hmm. That's awesome. So I'd be curious then with all of this talk of all the different stuff that you're doing, what are like the biggest sellers? Like, what are the like maybe top three or top five sort of skews? Are, are they kind of predictable? Like, is it like well, the. Right, right now, it's, it's, you know, Norway, Lone Pine, and Juicin are obviously our top. Like those are our top three biggest sellers. Those are what we make the most of, and those, yeah. you know that that's the spectrum of you got your you know your more mainstream light lager over here. West Coast was what we were sort of 
brought up on, and now the hazy is where people are. But uh, those, it, it kind of that that's sort of like the big three, and then from there, it's seasonal. Like it, it changes. We we, we bring a lot of stuff back, so it's it's. Like I'm always surprised how fast Q Roger sells. Like I never like it always sells so fast, and I'm like, okay, that it. Why does this amber lager sell so fast? But I'm happy that it does. I fucking love that beer. And old Woody, the same thing. Like it's sort of it's there. It sells well when it's there. But those are the, the those three are really the only ones that we do constantly like repeatedly. Yeah. Okay. We are like we had Golden Beach in there for a long time and. I never understood why that didn't sell as well. Like why it never really found a place. Cause I, I fucking love that beer. And I just never, it never really found the ground that those other three did. Like it, it, we had to move it around so many times, but that's just what, how it goes. Was it the Palo, right? Golden Beach Palo? Yeah. Like yeah. it was a, it was a, it was a session IPA before session IPAs existed. Yeah. It was right all those things and like it didn't really have a home we couldn't call it anything and it just sort of just kind of got lost so mm. i love we, it in the short cans now yeah. it's so oh, yeah. fucking sick in the short yeah. cans now like throwing that to somebody there, yeah. there's something satisfying about having a shorty because yeah. like all i drink are tall boys now yeah. you know like everybody just drinks tall boys now you get yeah. a shorty in your hand of something craft. You're like, this, like is, big this is, yeah, it's cool now. <laughs> like a big man. <laughs> Especially for a nice summer crusher yeah. like that, it's perfect. Oh, yeah. 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 The shorty, okay, that's a good, that's a good thing. So was that the first beer you guys ever did in shorties? Yep. It was also what? the first beer we ever did, period. Okay. Oh, that's the that first beer I ever had, sawdust. First sawdust beer, and it's my favorite, my favorite mm-hmm. beer. Okay. Why, is that, is that, I mean, those reasons... Was the, was that why you didn't well, chose this beer for well, the shorties? We thought about like okay, we did the crushers and we did the high ABVs because right after we did the Gold Beach, we did the uh, um, barrel aged imperial, the barrel aged we heavy, and you know, yes. <laughs> I think people still still wanted the big beers in the big cans. I, I thought like because it was the high ABV, they'd want it in the shorter, but that didn't seem to matter. It was more about the summer crusher and the short can. People want, huh? Yeah, the quick, the quick hit. And you're right; it fucking feels great. I don't know. Oh, yeah. They're not that much smaller, but they feel like this is perfect. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> there's something about them, eh? Like it is. It's it's kind of cool just for the like. You're right, Brendan. Like I feel like it's like the ninety percent uh, tall boys. And then whenever you can get your hands on a shorty, you're like, yeah, fuck yeah. And it almost yeah. feels like you don't have to think about it as much. Cause you're like, say, you know, towards the end of a night, you're like, do I want one more? And you look and you got a whole bunch of tall boys. Like, Oh fuck. I don't know. But if you got a shorty, yeah. it's like, oh, oh, exactly. You just fucking get that in you and you don't question it. And it's all good. <laughs> so it's like, it's cool to do that. So is that going to be a, a, a regular thing? With you guys, as far uh, as like bringing shorties around, we just submitted our first short can to the LCBO, so it'll be more of a a thing that we want to do. Uh, definitely, um, we're, now that we have the ability with the new canning line to do it, you know, we dipped our toe in. We figured what works for us, and so that we're we'll head that way and see where that takes us. And whether the LCBO accepts it or not, like it's all there's not a lot of shorties at the LCBO. 
they they still prefer obviously the 473. So right, it's right. up to them. They're the they're the gatekeepers at this point. Yeah, which is for better or worse. Do you guys do much um, of the independent bottle shops? Like any distro to those stores? Uh, a little bit, but uh, you know, our sort of our our shtick is also we want people to come up and experience Sada. So like by selling our stuff that we also sell online that we want people to purchase from, mm. seems like it's it's difficult. Uh, we'd rather people come to us. Not that we don't want to support these bottle shops. It's just we're kind of far flung, so we want people to visit us and get an experience out of it and have an, that ability to visit the retail store and purchase it. And if they don't, then we can just deliver it to their front door in two days. And you're going to get way fresher product from us. Than going to a store. That makes mm-hmm. sense. Yeah, it's a newer concept, and I feel like that maybe the stores typically tend to um, – like because you guys have a really strong LCBO presence because my guess is, and correct me if I'm wrong, is that because of where you're based, you can have a larger impact on the market, you know, at scale by being in LCBOs. So therefore it really benefits the brand. Okay. So then like maybe these stores are uh, sort of focused on the smaller breweries, maybe the like super hype folks that like, basically do zero distro and have nothing in the lcbo so like the only place to get yeah. them is direct from that brewery their website or this store is that a fair assessment i think that's totally hitting the nail on the head like you know the people that, that those like fomo beers i mean that those are the people that's what those are for and I, I i totally get that and you know we don't do a lot of that anymore we we make a lot more of it so it's easier to get Right. We don't do a lot. Of, we don't do a lot of short run stuff anymore, just because it, it. We just our short run is this size, which to a lot of people is big. Gosh. It's not big in terms of like the big guys, but like in terms of like Ontario craft beer, it's probably a little bit larger. Hmm. So <clears throat> it did. We we've done some, but not a lot. Gotcha. I'm no. glad they're there. I'm glad that they have, they exist and they supporting the small guys. It's awesome that we have the ability to have those in Ontario. Finally. Yeah. I, I could see like, cause I have a store here in Hamilton called Duran. It's like a cafe that, uh, you know, he, the owner, Chris helped me find neighborhoods when we first moved here. Like I love everything about it. Sick fridge. And when you got, and this is kind of a bit of a segue, um, you guys did a really fun collab. One of the most, um, uh, like the really thoughtful collab with Third Moon with the um, the basically the black and tan sort of thing. You guys did the Balti Porter, they did the double IPA, and I got the double IPA. Them like where's sawdust stuff? Like where's it at? And I th- I, if I'm remembering correctly, I believe the owner was like, oh, like I'd love to. It's just I guess there's, there's such a strong LCBO presence that I don't think people would want to come here and buy them. But then you guys have. I would argue not all of your skew, you know, you got that big fuck off fridge, you know, with like eight doors or whatever, 10 doors. So like I, my thought on that was like, well, wouldn't it be cool to be able to get the stuff that isn't in the LCBO at these well, type yeah, of stores? That, Cause that it, specifically was supposed to be purchased together. I would have loved if he had bought that. Yeah. And it was, they would have been able to get the whole experience. Like, yeah. I wanted to try it. What, the administrative egos was like the two labels or mm-hmm. was that one of them was, what, what was the combined? It was defenestrated egos and orchard of change made. Well, I can't even remember. I can't remember either. It was so clever. Like combining the words, like, 
I don't even know how y'all came up with that. Orchestrating. Oh, it comes to orchestrated chaos. So our yeah, which is crazy. That's crazy. Orchestrated <laughs> chaos. That's what it came to. That's, that's so came. wild, dude. Like even just that alone was like just, just so thing, thoughtful. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and that one made me really, really happy because for me, what that indicated was I've always rated you guys very heavily. And I think there's people who maybe don't know like how good you guys are and how like they might think, oh, OG brewery, you know, they're cool. They're out here. They've been consistent over the years. They've contributed to the scene. Cool. But, you know, these younger kids who are out here doing their shit, but I'm like, no, nah, like these guys are fucking like I've saying before, we're going to I'm saving all the IPA convos for when we get to them, you know, like talking about that type of stuff. You guys should be in a lot of these conversations a lot more just even you know just the quality of these the crispies and the the fun stouts and blah 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 so like to me it made sense to have your um the the seasonals the the ones that like even like get it in you and stuff like that level type of stuff like at these type of stores because i feel like that it's not going to be in the lcbo and whilst i do understand you know i'm saying like select ones or something like that to, to to sort of like let people know it's almost like if third moon understand how good you guys are and third moon have this reputation, then they're like, people would be, Oh, okay. They're doing, they're not just doing collabs with anybody. They're doing collabs with guys who they feel are on their level with a lot of the stuff. And you see where I'm going with this. And then people can see yeah. that and they see sawdust in the store on the same shelf next to these other breweries that have all like, you know, crazy hype. And it sort of lets people know like, yeah, you can do, you guys can do uh, great accessible beers that are gateway, gateway coach, things like that, like in the LCBO, but you can do some crazy fun stuff with, you know, the, the, the hype kids in the, in the same way, you know? And then, and it's just like different things for so many different palettes and, and situations that, that was, uh, I was thinking. I mean, that comes also down to like our sales guys getting out there and going to those. It's gotta be a lot of yeah. And I feel like you know, we kind of got away from that a little bit over the last couple of years because a lot of our focus has been LCBO. So we're not, we haven't been driving to the hot spots anymore, which doesn't play well with the, the hype crowd, but it speaks more to the broader beer audience. Right. And that's sort of where our focus has been. And it makes more financial sense. Yeah. And like, we, we still live in that world where we do the fun things and we're, we're definitely not hiding about it. Like we'll let the kids crawl where they may kind of thing. Like if you want to search it out, it's right there. <laughs> Whatever. Yeah. It's yeah. also like, it's difficult having, we've had four different marketing people in the last four years as the pandemic kind of chewed through employees and life takes people in different directions. Like trying to get like a, consistent voice has been a little bit difficult over the last mm. couple of years. And yeah. That, that, that's, that's a, that's a difficult thing. Like it is part of the business and, you know, trying to get a pin down on that has been difficult. Mm. That makes a lot of sense, man. It's going to be hard if there's like a consistency there and like, yeah, there's, I figured there'd be a, there'd be pretty good reasons for, for why it wasn't particularly a fit. It was just like at the very least that particular collab was like, okay, and it's almost like whilst you're not focusing on them, it's almost like just a reminder, like, yeah, bitch, we can do this shit. Like, yeah. look what oh, we got. It's, you know uh, what I'm we, saying? We love, those guys are fucking cool, too. We, we love going down there and hanging out with them. Like, we had a great day going there. And when we did the, the lone 
Oh, tree I, bone pine. Yeah, that was super cool too. Yeah, like hanging out for like. The art on those hands are fucking sick too, man. Oh, it's both yeah, they're fantastic. We uh, yeah, we, we, we a, a few months ago. Um, yeah, they're, they're so it, they're dope as fuck. Yeah, <laughs> all right, that was a great. One. I really enjoyed that. I enjoyed a few months ago. A, a few months ago, we did a podcast with uh, uh, like with Jen Tamsey from uh, like from Beer Town, and it was entirely focused around uh, like around that collab series where we got to have. Lone Pine, Bone Tree, and then both collabs, the Bone like the, the Bone Pine and Lone Tree. It's and to have, all, like, like to have all four yeah. of those like, together, one after the other, like, was such a cool experience. And, uh, and, and to just be able to gush over, um, like, over both of those base beers and how, the, like, how they ended up combining together in those, um, you know, like, uh, those two styles with what you guys created with Third Moon there was, uh, like, that was really dope. And those two right there are examples of the kind of beers that I think, uh, like, C's getting at. There are some, like, there are definitely some beers that you guys put out that would certainly fit the mold, and I think those are definitely one of those that would, uh, like, that would certainly be fun to see on some of those shelves. Exactly. Yeah. Well, you want to you want, you want to talk about like a true collab? Like that's one where like you know most collabs are shoot the shit, come up with a recipe, let's have some beers, let's brew the brew whatever. You know, and the collabs are awesome. I'm not downplaying that in any shape or form. But that is Lone Pine's malt build with uh, Lone oh, Tree. Yeah, lone tree. I know, because there's four names I get all fucked up. So it's like our <laughs> malt build with their hops. And then the second one is their malt bill with our hops. So when you when you think of like collaborations, you know, instead of just shooting the shit and like, hey, let's brew this beer, let's have fun and do this, like, no, let's collab both of our brands as well and create mm-hmm. a brand new product off of the branding, which is like, you know, when you, when you think of terms of collaboration, that's that's a whole new level, I believe. Yeah, and I, I think the coolest part about that whole collab was that it was initiated by Terry and Emma, who are. Yes. Like these really big beers. So it, it also brought in the aspect of the consumer contributing to this collaboration. And, you know, they've been big supporters of both of our breweries. And to be able to give them that experience to have that and be a part of it, I found to be the, was the most rewarding part of that collaboration because they're lovely people. And I love that they were, be, were able to be a part of it. And I, that opened up a whole new portion of that collaboration idea as well very sick man that's really cool i love his genius um shall we do next one yeah speaking of collabs speaking of another big segue (laughs) sam you're the segue goat tonight once again i petitioned sam to have a podcast (laughs) oh this one this one uh start years ago we did uh a uh, a spontaneous beer out at West Ave. It was an old project with uh, Indy and Great Lakes and Amsterdam. Four barrels that we started a fucking million years ago. Where we would we would do a turbid mash, put the work in some kegs, and go out to take this cool ship that Indy had, and we would go out to these. We did a uh, we did a couple of wineries, some cideries, and then make a spontaneous beer. Uh, we had done our own spontaneous stuff over the years with uh, the Limberlost series, 
Uh, and this one, you know, we've we we've worked with other people in the past to sort of branch out the Limberlost. This one we wanted to work with a cidery. I think Jimbo had was working with a different cidery, but it kind of fell through. But the, yeah. his idea to work with the cidery was the sort of the push to get these guys. And then when I reached out to West Ave and they were down with it, I was super excited because they, they make wicked ciders. Oh, yeah. And okay. Shout out to them, man. Yeah. Their ciders are incredible. Yeah. Got to get out. They're in Hamilton, eh? Yeah. Yeah, huh. kind of like Burlington Highway 6. You're heading up towards Guelph. Yep, yep. And it's like the second or second exit or so. It's a it is a beautiful place. Okay. I've really got to uh, got to get up. I know it's, I'm trying to hit all the spots out here. I've heard great things. I've, I've had a bunch of the Limbalos over the years. They've been really fascinating. Like one fruited without fruit. Like so, it was very cool to see that this one. So this one, the last, yeah. The explain this a little more. What was the one before this? We did one with uh, the guys at Quails, where we used their hops. We went and harvested hops from Quails. And then blended some of their fresh saison with some of the Limberlost, and we made that was last year. This year we did. We took their uh, cider juice, unfermented, and then fermented it with uh, our Limberlost barrels in in a punchin, and then and fermented that down. Moved it up to stainless, added back in some uh, fully fermented cider and a little bit of lager to make it more drinkable. Okay. But still tastes like you could still get the apple and the bread and the sour funk. But we wanted to, like, that was the, one of the things that we learned over the years with the Limberlast series. When we first started, it was all about, like, fucking hammer over the head, super sour, like, gut-wrenching, <laughs> hurt your face, power punch of sour. And then we're like, you could only have, like, two sips of it and be like, I'm out, I'm out. But we're like, why don't we make a drink that's pleasant, that people want to have a couple of? So mm-hmm. it got more to blending and, and, and making it. And I think this one is like, it's a, to me, it's like you can drink this on the patio. It's super refreshing. And yeah. I think this represents their brand well, too. Like they, mm-hmm. all of their ciders, get yeah. it in yeah. All of their ciders have that nice touch of funk, kiss yeah. of bread, Ooh. lick of barrel. Dry. And and I find like you you know again with the speaking of collabs I think not only did we put our spin on this product but we definitely pay homage to to their products as well like this is this is fucking good that's cool man and that that's a really good note to add particularly like when you're working with a a cidery in that sense as well that like it does both you guys justice um you know, we, we came up and we did like a tasting of everything we we, we blended all these beers together he had a bunch of Mm. barrels that were so I love this one it was so barrel front forward and it was just the Brett was like I was popping I'm like oh my god I'm like I just want to pour this in and say this is the collab but then <laughs> you know when we blended it like it, it, and his wife was there and she's like well this would just be for the nerd like we, we sort of got away from the let's make it pleasant drink she's like this is too far this way Let's bring it back, boys. Like, quick, calm down. Like, stop hanging out. Take a drink. That's pleasant for everybody. What was the final gravity, James? It was like zero. Yeah, yeah. the The density meter read like minus, but yeah. She's dry. Yeah, it's completely unfermented. Okay, it's it's like everything you sort of described it as, guys. Like, it's super exactly like really. Like it's five point three. 
on the counter scene yeah. here. But untapped. Well, we got it tested. Like it's, it's specifically five point. Like it is tested at five point three. Alcohol tested. Probably. Okay. Um, it's uh wicked tart, but not like you're right, Sam, as well. When you were describing that, like you could drink a bunch of it, but not over the top. It's like sharp carb, but not that sharp carb where like you it makes you choke on it. Yeah. Um, and it's well, like you said, Brendan, it does justice to both the cider and the beer. This is like this is fascinating. It's like a it's like a refined. It's still got that chewy mouthfeel that that I love from uh, you know like funky beers. Really well done. Really well executed. And, I, and I'm it's a fun, to- it's, it was fun too because like it went from the barrel. We we aged yeah. it in the the punchins and then uh, we blended that into stainless and conditioned in stainless and then obviously carved and packaged. So it got a little bit of both yeah. of that like full oak character, but yeah. also proper temperature conditioning in the stainless to give it that nice kind of clean like acidic background. Like it, it's so drinkable. It's you know, for something that yeah. is that barrel heavy, you, you would you yeah. wouldn't expect it to be that approachable. Yeah. But the, the yeah. cider and the apples really give that that background note that gives it that summer super crusher easy. And like you said, the bone dry is just like yeah. I need to take another sip because yeah. my mouth is so dry. <laughs> yeah. And we also um, this one's can conditioned too, so like that's right. Yeah. Refermented yeah. in the can. We've been the- killing that lately oh, yeah. too, man. Yeah. The white tulip. Oh. Yeah. So yeah, re-ferments it. We add some sugar, added some yeast, package it, let it sit warm. Starts producing CO2, naturally carbonates. Especially right. then, you can afford for this to be extra effervescent, you know? Mm-hmm. There's, there, we don't, like the Limberloss is a complete, we don't know what it is. So there's bacteria, there's wild yeast. And we've never had an issue with uh, exploding cans when we do the can conditioning, even yes. with the wild. I mean, it helps when it's then fermented because you're not really dealing with a lot of shit that can go wrong. Cause it right. really, it's like, it's pretty safe, but, uh, it, it, it now, and we've like, this has just been sitting on the floor warm. Like we don't even put it in the fridge it's yeah. since June. And it's, you know, it's pretty, ter- it's pretty hard can if you leave it out, but the carbs not crazy. We wanted it to be like probably 2.7, 2.8. It's probably exact within 0.5 of that. And, you know, again, having the technology, the different instruments that we have, we can pretty much dial that in and be very specific and confident. It took us a long time to get there. Like we did a can condition beer that we sent to the LCBO, which was always a big fear because, you know, if it's sitting on a shelf, we have no fucking idea what they would do with it. We had no issues and it's been it went really well, so we're we're pretty. We don't have a pasteurizer, so we can't, you know, shut that shit down. We just be very. We're just diligent in how we do it, and we've been doing it for the better part of ten years. So we're pretty confident in it. That's dope. I, with the other limber loss, I'm mostly positive that the vast majority of the time they were in bottles, and I think I've I've had one or two in cans. Were they all can or bottle conditioned? All of them. All of them. Okay. Anything that we ever did in bottles had to be because we never had a. We we had for a, we had a rudimentary counter pressure. Bad. <laughs> goddamn kicker into the goddamn lake. <laughs> but the we we basically just had a, a gravity filler and wine filler that we used. Yeah. So 
almost everything that we ever did in bottles was bottle conditioned. Gotcha. But what? because we had this canning thing, and like, we had always focused on cans, but we always kept this foot in the bottles where we did these specialty bottles. Like that was a lot of fun. I still love doing it, and I love the Winewood series that we did in November last yeah. year. We had to own the fact because we kept touting how much we thought cans were better that it was sort of like hedging your bets. And we're like, you know what? If we're going to fucking do this, we got to be all in. Like, shit or get off the pot. Gotcha. And that's what we did. So, bottles are done for Sawdust? Yeah. Yeah. Pretty much. Like, we haven't done one in a number of years. And I don't, we don't really have any plans to do any at this point. Well, I guess once. Glorious canning line. Yeah, you paid for it. You got to use it. Yeah. Also, like, it's a lot of. Bottling is a lot of work, man. Yeah. Remember you those days? Do, you do cap by hand and well, especially if you've perfected the the can conditioning, like why yeah. why would you go back other than the appeal yeah. and the wax dip? Yeah. You know, like realistically, if your product is gonna stand and be the yeah. same like if you could deliver the same product to the consumer, like yeah. I, again, like look at the date on this, you know, like the, the big argument for people would be like, Well, oh, I'll I'll store my bottles all like it's gonna be better. Well, We've been storing can conditioned cans for this long, and they're yeah, still just, just as good. Floor, you know too, what I mean? Yeah. So there, there's no, yeah, in my opinion, there's no real reason for us to go the other direction. I had a, a, a can that we canned in 2014 last summer, and it was fine, and it was great. And that was when before we had the instrumentation that we have now. Like we were just going by these numbers, and kind of like, yeah, that sounds good. But uh, now we're pretty much like, we know that this is this, and we know that that will give us this. You know, if we fuck up, it's completely on us because we have all the information that we need to make this correctly. There's no reason for us to make it wrong. And it hasn't gone wrong, so, I mean, there's a slight bit of hubris there, but, you know, we'll be okay. I feel like as well, because there used to be like a, a, a bit of like, I don't know if it's just an expectation or like, eh, it was weird to drink a barrel-aged stout from a can or whatever. But I think that like ever since like Oscar Blues put 10 Fitty in a can, really, I feel like that was like, oh, okay. And I feel like yeah. people are just like, whatever. Like it's yeah. it's completely expected. And even a beer like this is feels like a bottled type of stuff. But like it's definitely much more convenient. I don't think the consumer cares. And like if, you, if it's my hassle for the brewery, and therefore, maybe you can't make as many bottles. It's probably just going to cost. Yeah, or well, it, cost, more money. It, it will cost a consumer more because yeah. yes, you know for we, what though? We yeah, gotta like, pay, what's we the gotta point? Pay, we got to pay two bucks for the bottle. So guess who's going to pay the two bucks? <laughs> yeah. yeah. Well, yeah. this isn't like again going and, back to what Sam said is like you know for us a small batch run realistically isn't that small yeah. like for, for for us to do a run on bottles like yeah we, we we'd be bottling for a, <laughs> you know we, we'd have to we'd have to downsize fermenters to you know to actually get to a position where it would even be feasible for us to, to physically run a small bottling line um i mean yeah. they were fun like, as much as like it sucked I, we had some fun days like remember Frank we did the drill. Remember Dunk with the drill, trying to drill in the, the core. Oh yeah, like that was, that was fucking hilarious. They were so bad. They were yeah. so bad. Man, we did corks like by hand. Wow, it was it was tough. And then like I don't know, you guys have had champagne before, you know? Like it's like six twists to get it off. Five and a half. Yeah. Five and a half. So we had to do that by hand, which oh, we <laughs> some of us got it, some of us didn't. 
So you have oh that, like, God. finger and uh, thumb so are just numb. Were, like, some of these Oh, God. Nightmare. So then we decided, like, this wasn't, this didn't make it better. It just made it shittier. So we're like, yeah. why are we yeah. even doing What's the point? And then it hardly and moves. Like, when you're when you're coming back to your whole thing about uh, like about your processes and uh, uh, like and whatnot, like this is a pretty clear cut one that uh, the, the, like that the canning may, uh, like certainly makes more sense. Oh yeah, and you know we, we can. It, this took this will take this will take one hour and it'll be exactly yeah. perfect. Or we can shut everything down for a day, line <laughs> everything up, sit there, and order a pizza because <laughs> we're not going to leave the line for the next eight hours, boys. Yeah. yeah. No, yeah, and, and from the and from the consumer perspective, to come back to that for a second, even just purely from a size perspective, because I remember those limber loss bottles, and yeah. like those are big, like that seven fifty mil ones. Heavy. There, this is like this is a case of uh, like, and, and I'm the same way with big barrel aged stouts too. Like I. Like in one sitting, I don't want more like more volume than this. I would much rather this than 750 mils, especially when I'm the only beer drinker in the house and I don't have anyone to share it yeah. with. Because 750 mils of this, and I'm going to be having heartburn the ne- like the whole next day. <laughs> yeah, and like that's like drinking an entire bottle of wine. Like you're like you're, yeah, you're, you're bent. Yeah. Well, I think even like we we mentioned bows earlier. I think like going LCBO, thinking back, like one of the most prolifically found bottles would have been bows yeah. and then you know mm-hmm. once that kind of died off you, you find the odd import or the odd imperial stout but like you know people just aren't buying those big bottles anymore yeah. so it, it doesn't mm-hmm. make sense to, to store those and to warehouse those and to tr- to yeah. force that on the market because like ooh, we think it's fancy like because because that's really what you're playing at right is you, you're going off appeal and you're going off the fact that yeah. Oh, it's a premium product, so it should be bottled. Well, you know, we make premium products and we can them every day. That's so, right. like, That's you know, right. so yeah. what does it matter yeah. at the end of the day, right? So, yeah. I liked with Third uh, Third Moon, they did the the wax dip Red Bull can. Yeah, that shit's fucking cool, man. That that yeah. made me laugh. I was like, yeah. that is cool. That it's is smart. I like the sleeks. Well, oh, and Buddy's like, hey, you, you did it upside down. And he's like, "Well, good luck opening it." That was clever because it's like it's it's yeah. taking the aesthetic, like we were talking about, from the mm-hmm. bottles and bringing it to cans in a format yeah, that's what three fifty five, which is a pretty optimal amount for one person for a ten plus percent stout. I think it's pretty dope. I noticed in the yeah. states, all the bottles were, I guess, uh, about five hundred mil. And they're doing like thirteen to sixteen percent stouts in yeah, those things. Really wow. I'm like, anymore, <laughs> yeah, it's it's bonkers, and like I, it's a little too much. But they're still. I've noticed they're still doing a lot of bottles. Where I feel like these little cans, they're cute, they work. Yeah. Like yeah. it's it's money. It's a it's it's a good thing. Would you guys ever be able to do those now that you got this sta- uh, canning machine? machine? Does freaks. I think our machine yeah, can do those. Okay, yeah, yeah. That, that'd be sick. You have to change a bunch of stuff, yeah. Well, I, think, fill, but, uh. I think the cap, funnily enough, on these is the exact same size as like a yeah, it's the same size as like a, a regular oh, can. Wow. Oh, cool. You know what I'm saying? So like, like, I, I know for us, we were talking about ease of like transferring over. Like for us shorties, I think originally you said it was like an hour and a half, yeah. but you've got that banged down. Yeah. Like 
to like you convert know, the machine. Yeah, thir- thirty minutes. We could basically have the whole machine converted to running short cans. Yeah, I don't know how the conversion would work for something like that. It'd, it'd be it'd, like swapping out your like star wheels, those star wheels. So it'd be then, a whole. You'd have to almost buy a whole upgrade kit. Yeah, and then you like have to your the, the cans come in on. Yeah, mm. yeah. So like. That makes sense. And then yeah. your thing for your for your fittings too. That gets pricey then. Oh, yeah, <laughs> just just a pack of Red Bull. Yeah. <laughs> it's not worth it for that. I would say just the little other shorties that you've already done in the past before yeah. would be completely Perfect. fine if it's if it's for that. Like, but it sounds like though from what you guys were saying that it's they people aren't as excited about the big beers in those cans as opposed to the crushes for that like yeah. know, chuck somebody a beer type of thing. At least mm-hmm. at least our consumers that's how they that's how they reacted to those. Right. That's cool. And again, we we're doing we don't do a huge amount of barely stuff anymore. We've kind of moved a bit away from that. We're, we're still dipping our toe in. We still do it once in a while. We have a yeah. barrel aged bar coming out. Did you ever did you ever sit in your basement and try that yet? <laughs> oh, I told you. I told uh, Nate. I told Sam about Noah doing the basement in thirty-one degrees, drinking the twelve percent beers. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, I haven't tried it. Well, I did over the summer for sure. I absolutely did. But I didn't even sit in the basement. I, I just sat upstairs, kept that shit warm. I didn't give a fuck. Get out of here. Let the sun shine on me while I'm doing it. Let's go. But a barrel-aged barley wine. That's a, is it lone wine with barrels? Yeah. Hell yeah. So it's- Nice. That is some good the, bourbon too, man. Yeah. That is some good bourbon. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that it is comes out on the 18th of October. It'll be, we're going to like release it in tandem with uh, a vintage version, like last year's Lone Wine, and you, oh, can, get, you can get the bourbon barrel aged version side by each parallel, and uh, That's it. try them together. In your basement. And, like, it, in your basement, in your underpants <laughs> when it's 31 degrees. <laughs> No shirt. No shirt. No, the, no, for sure no shirt. Let it dribble down vinyl your mouth. couch, skin sucked against the back of a vinyl couch. You've got to peel yourself oh, off with a spatula. <laughs> You're painting a picture. I'm thirsty. <laughs> it's a I beautiful thing. That, uh, that Sam and Dave collab, Sam. What was that beer called? The one we did in the, the bourbon. Did it go in barrels this year? No. 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 Humming for the holidays? No, was that... I it wasn't barrel aged. No, we, we we probably should have done some. That was uh, thinking man, of something I else. Remember, I don't remember what last, was last year. Humming. Oh, that might be the one. I can't, I can't remember. remember. Like we, we, we every year we do a different Sam and Dave with Eastbound, and I kind yeah, of lost track of what was yeah. last year. We're going there. We're going there yeah. soon. Yeah. Yeah, you guys been doing yeah, that going, forever. Uh, this year is called Wrap It Up because there's actually something called Wrap It Up. I'm like, that is such a sick name too. Like, that fucking, right there. <laughs> What's the style this year? Can you uh, let us know? Uh, you don't show you. We're, uh, we're doing a spiced saison. We're going to keep it like six percent. We've always done like elevated um, ABVs, but we're trying to make it more accessible again. Like, this is our sixth year of doing it, so it's been. Like, we've done a lot of different stuff and like. It's always fun, and Tara and Dave always put on a good meal when we do the feast bound down there. Like it's awesome. It's such an awesome time, and it's just it's really one of those rewarding collabs because Dave and I have been, you know, friends for over a decade now, and we both started in the same place. So it's one of those like full circle type of deals, and I'm so glad that I still we still get to do it. So I'm just happy. 
Yeah, that's a fun one. You guys uh, definitely focus a lot on the collabs, which is awesome. I mean, how do you feel? Like, is that more of a, a personal um, like thing that you just like doing, or is there like a business side? Do you think that there's like a benefit to just like expanding the brand through working together? Uh, well, there's part of that, you know. That's where, it's, but I also feel again going back to like it just seems like the right thing to do. Like it's such a collaborative industry, and you know, you, you meet all these people. That's how I met all these people. And that's how we meet all, like, all like yeah. how we get to where we're going is through, and we learn from them. And, you know, it's just, it's not always the most, sometimes days are long and hot and shitty and all that stuff. But like when you get to do a collab, it's super fun because you guys can relax and just, it's just drinking beer, hanging out and making a fun beer. And sometimes you can really expand ideas that you might not be able to in the context of your regular day-to-day business and like, you know, just adds that extra little bit of fun that makes the the day go by a little bit quicker. I mean, I, and you make friends out of it. Like who doesn't want to make friends? Like that's crazy. Why wouldn't you want to make friends? Right. Did you, were you guys doing uh, when I guess nobody could go anywhere? Did you guys do virtual collabs in that way? We, kind did you kind did of- one, with, we did one with Indy. Uh, but that was really it, I think. John Square Brew one, I think, was virtual. Oh, too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That was definitely okay. Here. So it was like, I guess the 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 physical, uh, like actually being there in person was is, is pretty important for you oh, guys. Oh, we did one. With, we did one with Prince Eddie. Nice, good cats. We did okay. a big triple IPA. Well, that was fucking. Those guys were great. Yeah, they're cool cats. So it's like it's definitely more of like the the camaraderie and actually being there in person and kind of building on that relationship is more important than the collab itself, really. What I'm hearing, and, and just getting out of the brewery and getting out of the headspace and going to see, like, just you know, traveling somewhere to visit somebody else, like just that simple act. Like I, I'm so stoked. I mean, Brendan's getting to do a couple in the next couple of weeks. Yeah, uh, yeah. we're going to go to one. And we're going to do one in North Bay. We're going to go do. We have four collabs in the next two weeks. Sick. It just happened to work out that way. And very excited to get on the road. Going to go to Eastbound. Going to go. Brennan's off to Second Wedge and Daft in Kingston, and then we're off to nice. North Bay. Mm-hmm. We got. We're, we're covering the province, and it's like just getting out and partying in a new town and seeing a new brewery and, and hanging out with these guys. Like it's so much fun. It's the best, eh? I found that even with we had it. I hadn't done an in-person collab in a long time before, like this summer with you guys, because it was just like the pandemic, Montreal. It was like it was different. Where it's like now I have a like I had to book a car. It's like a whole thing, and now I just have a car. It's like ah, sweet, let's just go. It's no big deal. Whereas like before, it was like this whole thing you had to kind of plan. It just wasn't always practical. So it was like it was really nice to get back and do. I don't want to talk too much about it just yet because I know we're we'll get to it shortly. But like, yeah, it was cool. I, I see what you meant. I was like, yeah, there's like it was so nice seeing all you guys, and it felt like no time had passed. And it's insane to me that it was five and a half years since the last collab and then podcast. It it, it felt like nothing. It was it was weird. Maybe because like you know you guys, you know Brendan. Obviously, we met that day. But Jimbo and Sam, you guys looked the same. It was like every 
You're trying to see you guys. It was like, it's like, oh, we should have been Amber for five years. Yeah. <laughs> it's like basically Star Wars in this bitch. It's, uh, yeah, I, I see what you're talking about. Yeah. Yeah, man. It's uh, very cool. I like that a lot. You're right. I definitely see the value in that. And like, I can imagine, obviously, when you're working with another brewery, you have different things. You've got to share some ideas and like learnings and things that like work and didn't work. Then, you know, all that type of stuff, which is just like, that's just part of, uh, I guess, any industry is why, you know, they have all this type of stuff going on. Like, And, when, you know, the time that we started was like that beginning, that germination when we were kind of just growing up. That, that whole, everybody was collabing and getting out there and doing that stuff. And it was super fun. And like, we just haven't let go of that. Like, why would we, we still, and we still hang out with the same guys too. Like we're still collabing with GLB, you know, we're, with Indy, right? Jeff is probably one of the people that we've most collabed with over the years. Like, he, and they're like, you know, our, we kind of started in the same place. And it's nice to, you know, allow that friendship to grow and experience over the years go back and look at the beers that you've done together and where we both are and we still work together when we have the opportunity it's not always a quad but it's other stuff like if they're doing an event or we're doing an event they're always one of the first people we talk to because you know we share that bond you know craft brewing is such a tight industry like that you know like people talk about tight industries but it's, it's definitely one of the tightest that i've seen you know like we we look out for each other like even just you know the fittings oh, yeah, the, it's shared, like people are always willing to share yeah try this do this oh we do this like why why don't you try this or here borrow this like yeah i need some wheat yeah like it's 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 definitely like a brotherhood you know or mm-hmm. sisterhood like you know yeah. not to fucking gender can't gender anything anymore yeah. um it's 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 definitely uh it, it's a great industry to be in yeah. and to be a part and, and the collabs is what reminds you of that, especially during COVID, you know, like everyone was locked in their fucking brewery. Yeah. Like, like you, you were, you were there, you were working and you were grinding and which is fine. Like that's what we do, but it, it's nice to actually finally get the opportunity to go out and see other people and see their breweries, talk about them, hear about their shit, you know, talk about your shit. Yeah. Like, Blow off some steam. You know, I see these guys every fucking day. Yeah. It's nice to see some other lads every <laughs> once in a while. It's <laughs> <laughs> but Yeah, man. I love it. It's cool. It's uh, and, and like, you know, on top of that, there's like business wins for it. If it's just like exposing the brand to somebody new, a new drinker who might be a fan of the brewery that you're doing a collab with and they see your logo in the can, like, oh, who are these guys? And, you know, figuring it out. We've, like, it's cool. That was like when we've done interprovincial collabs, that's definitely a big part of it. Like getting your name out there. We've done, you know, collabs in BC. Nova Scotia, Quebec, a number in Quebec. I, I mean, I absolutely love working with breweries in Quebec. Like, yeah, we we, we collaborated a bunch with the guys at Alafu. Yeah, and, uh, I know about man, them because those guys are fucking awesome. I love those guys so much. We yeah. had such good times with those guys. Yeah, I miss them. I mean, I haven't talked to them in a couple of years, so I got to reach out, see how they're doing. But amazing people, and it it, it just gives you an appreciation. Like that's also like we get to experience. A completely different environment in Quebec. Like it's also a different, you know, market, and we see how their market exists and what they have to do to exist in their specific space. And they yeah. saw the same thing for us. And like you go, like it's a different world. And it was like you really appreciate where you are, but also see like the benefit of knowing what other people are doing that you might be able to utilize in your day to day as well. Yeah. 
That's a that's a really good point, particularly like you know like someone like Alafu because I remember we went there and did the pod like, like four years ago or something, and they get I, I came up when I was looking at Untap before like they gave us a bunch of cans like kind of silver bullets of like the golden horseshoe thing that you guys did. It was oh, like. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And there's like three variants of it or something that just had like handwritten things on that. I've still got them because I haven't drank them yet, but like they were like, they were super cool as well. And I thought of you a lot there because you told me about them. I think you were the one who put me onto them, to be honest. And like seeing their barrel room and like, I was like, ah, I see why Sam likes these guys. These guys are fucking cool, man. Like really hospitable, super chill. The pub is great. Food is great. Beer is awesome. Like Mac- Rouge de Mackinac is phenomenal. Like, um, I get it. I totally get it. And it's cool, like, just particularly because they're a smaller town, you see how they work. And, you know, the sharing of ideas is even cooler into provincial or international than, you know, within oh, the same yeah. province. I think it's more value, probably, that you can help each other with type thing. And, and like, for me, it's just, I, I feel so, like, this, I just feel so lucky to be, even have the opportunity to do so many of these things. Like, when it does come up, I'm like, man, I can't believe I get to go do this. Like, this is fun. I'm so happy I get to do this and I, I really appreciate it. Like, I don't know why, what I did to even get the chance to do it, but I'm happy that we got to do it. I think the gratitude attracts more of that. You, when you're grateful for it and you're genuinely grateful, it depends how uh, woo-woo you are, but like that universe shit, I believe in it. I, like, I feel like the more you're grateful about stuff, the more those things come around and like those relationships build because people can sense that like, oh man, like they're really having a good time. They're really putting effort in this passion here and stuff. And it just kind of like, it builds. And then those people are going to speak about your brand positively to their consumers and then they're going to travel to Ontario. They're going to go, oh, fuck, man, we're going to make sure we go to Sawdust or at the very least, they'll go to Toronto, they'll get some at the LCBO. Like, you know, these things just keep going like that. It's, it's very cool, man. The beer is such a unique, in- Jeez. such a unique industry. It's very, it's like, unlike anything else that that that, that even happens, like name another industry that uh, people work together right. this closely and help each other out without any jealousy or like trying to push someone down, you know? It's fucking sick. You know, I think the public has a, like, they, they see it so differently, right? They think everything's, like, rivalry, because that's how most consumer products are yeah. dictated. Yeah. So and it, it's always a surprise when people are like, oh, like, oh, you, you do stuff yeah. with them? Or, you know, yeah, like, what? Oh, I thought, I thought you don't think they're assholes? Or, you know, like, as a brewer, that's the <laughs> yeah. weird thing, going to parties. Like, people will open, like, a beer, and they'll be like, oh, you must fucking hate that. I'm like, no. Yeah. <laughs> like, 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 Why are you kidding me? I want to drink your beer. Like, yeah. 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 Man, I, I'm not, no, I'm not stuck in my ways. Like, you know. Yeah, it's going to be difficult for people outside of it, even though Nate and I are like just peripheral on this stuff. But you, we see it enough to understand it, and like, I can. I remember coming into it, and thinking, "What the fuck? Like, why are they doing? Like, it, you can imagine how trippy it is for people who just." and not exposed to it. and all of a sudden there's this camaraderie like from other companies and helping each other out and working together like what like why are you doing this it's uh yeah it's cool it's breaking the mold it's one of those things of like with the amount of time that uh, that they that, like he's that, like he says or like you know we're kind of like we're kind of only on the side of it but still spending as much of our like as much of our time focused on the beer scene it's easy to just like for that to be normalized this at like kind of the camaraderie 
way like way of things that people in the scene have towards each other which is really heartwarming every time you see it but like it, it's kind of funny because like you kind of forget that that's how the like that's how people who aren't in it every day might like might uh, raise their eyebrow at that a little bit it's uh, it, but it's but i think it's cool to have that be normalized that the scene is that friendly like it's like there's something heartwarming about that yeah, and, and I'm glad it, it showcase that to the public as well, right? Like shows that, like you know, these companies are willing to work together and do things together. Yeah. As much as much as the pandemic killed a lot of things, I'm so happy that that wasn't one of them. That we yeah. still like, we came on the other end, and it's still the same. That's because like it, you know, it's it's just that's the best part of it. So I'm yeah. I'm yeah. super stoked. Speaking, Speaking of like the best part. <laughs> I was we, trying to uh, do, you made me too. We worked with some people on this one here coming up too. This uh, way back playback. Uh, so John, our other brewer, who who's here. Uh, so this was a beer he brewed for the first time last year. Uh, this year we wanted to take it's a it's a West Coast uh, classic IPA. Uh, but this year we tried some new hot products. So we tried uh, it's mostly extract. Yes. Uh, in the Whirlpool, and for all the dry hops are a new product, uh, which is like a, a hop um, hop oil. So there's no – the dry hops were completely done in the bright tank with like literally 300 milliliters of this concentrated hop oil. It's a company that started out making um, weed terpenes, and they, okay. did, they did the same extraction on hops. So – Oh my god. We, we went, it's all classic, so it's not going to be like a wallop, but it's like a classic Centennial Cascade Simcoe West Coast IPA. Nice. You could smell that hot product from like, like I don't know, like a foot away. I'm like, geez. It's got, it's got yeah. a wicked dankness. Like, just the dankness is fantastic. That's so I, in great. The mouthfeel, I feel like the biggest upside to this to me is the mouth feels fantastic it's got this creaminess this full stickiness mm -hmm. that i absolutely just love that's speaking my language right there i'm all about that yeah um and Nate look at, and I are and look at the head on this yeah appearance wise all over it is it's so clear, and yeah. then that, uh, like, and then that, uh, like, and then that big fluffy head on it. It's fantastic. Yeah, it's not not going anywhere. Mm. This was uh, one of the beers we were most excited about when uh, we realized we were doing the pod, and we saw that this beer came out. We're like, oh fuck! I hope we're doing this one. And yeah, we did. I, and sorry, Sam. I th I think I talked over you there for a second. Nope. I, I, I just uh, it was fun to do like this. I find it really drinkable. Like I, I quite enjoy just having pints of it. <laughs> like I, I had one like on a Friday night a couple of weeks ago. I'm like, man, I really fucking like this because like, like I said, I, I like the classic stuff, and this is what I was weaned on, like these classic West Coast IPAs. It's pretty drinkable. Let's get that in us. Get it fucking in you, boys. Get it in you. Cheers. That's going nowhere. <laughs> <laughs> and it's fun to work in this new product. Oh, it's freaking nutty. Yeah. Like shout out to head retention. 
Seriously, right. the head is yeah. not overlooked. Yeah, no king. Look at that. Yeah. Wow. So That's it's 5.8. This is fantastic. Um, so the hop, pro is there? Is it a specific? So it's called like Abstracts, it looks like. A-B-S-T-R-A. Yeah, so if you look up Abstracts, hop, and they call them hop profiles. Okay. And uh, you, they have, well, there's, there's certain like, um, it's like songs, you know, like you have songs that are public domain. There are hops that are public domain. Like, uh, I think, well, Centennial, Cascade, and all that stuff. Like, anyone can use that. But then there's uh, trade-specific. Like, Simcoe is owned by this, so it has to be. You can't just make a Simcoe extract. You have to call it. They, have, they call them, like, tropical passion fruit or dank passion fruit. Like, you, but you can figure out what it's supposed to be without them using that name. Mm. So, but this, we, we went like old school on this one. John wanted to make like the classic. It's, there's a bit of Amarillo hops in pelletized in the boil, but then the rest of it's like Centennial and Cascade abstracts. And then we used another product called Salvo, which was like a hop oil, a solid oil in the Whirlpool as well. And that was uh, Cascade as well. So it's like the old traditional sea hops and just that, bitter, sticky, oily, resinous beer that you remember from your first sort of IPA trip when you were like first busted into the craft you're seeing. Yeah. Yeah. This is fascinating. I'm I'm trying to like so is that like is there the the weed, the terpenes is really dominating here. What Well you get that at the beginning it's like dank and lemon to me. Lemon for sure. Yep. I love the dankness. I just love I, I love dank because that that to me denotes yep. West Coast stinky, stinky dank. But like, like yeah. you can feel it on your teeth, which is what it used to be. I'm all about that too. I uh, that was uh, like that was something that really stuck out to me um, when I had uh, like when I had um, bone pine on tap in the, like in the saloon, like, like that one, what like had such big sticky dank to it. Like, like that was just spectacular. And uh, like, it's obviously a bit different in this one with this one be like with this one being more West coast, but West coast dank is its whole, uh, is its whole own thing. And I yeah. like, and I'm really digging it here. It's one that like, it's one that almost comes off a little smoky. If, uh, if that makes any sense. Well, yes, it's, it's one of the phenolics that you pick up is the smokiness, but you get that. Mm-hmm. Mm. Yeah. I could, like, when we were making it, the size of the bottle was like it was it was comically small, and we're <laughs> like, "This is all we need." We made a cask for an event, and it was literally two milliliters. Like we had an eyedropper, and we're like, bip, bip, and that was it. And we're like, "I guess that's it." And it worked. <laughs> like it was, it was fun. I that guess cask just... was unreal, by the way. <laughs> I'm, I'm probably the only one that got to try that here, but. It was good. It was a really good cast. The uh, the Wayback Playback that we sent to Welly Cast Fest. Nice. Yeah, it was delicious. Yeah, this is uh, this is like unlike anything I think I've had as far as Westies. And you guys are like god tier with the Westies. Like Lone Pine is one of the best. Um, Dude, that's 
my water, man. I yeah. drink Lone Pine on the regular. <laughs> it's such a good it's, beer. It's so yeah. good. Um, no, this is um, this is like it's so different though, which is I think interesting because I think that's the you know when you do multiple Westies, it, it's really like something that you do need to like kind of um yeah like to differentiate this is super yeah. different it's got it's such it a great body sure. it's like creamy and sharp it's like dank citrus that terpene i think is really strong here and it's just unique i never had i don't think i've ever had a hot profile like this before with all the mm. these products fascinating it's exciting that you know the supplier side is working on these new products as well so it gives us something we have another one that just came out. We've done a couple beers with a few different hop liquid products, and we just did a collab sort of with YCH, uh, and they had a a liquid form of citra that we used, where like one one liter was ten kilos of vegetal hop pellets. Okay, and like being able to try these different products. Again, from the efficiency standpoint, how you can work it in there. And with we're finding with these other products also is like you do get a difference in the mouthfeel and the head retention. Like they're elevated and amped up. And, you know, outside of just from a efficiency standpoint, there's other benefits to the product. And it's also fucking easier to just go like this and pour a bottle in. Yeah. <laughs> or like, like, like the dry hop with these with these two little bottles was, was like – so this is all we do, eh? Like just <laughs> we're done. All right then. That's pretty fascinating that it's that it's even a thing. So is it like this is a proprietary proprietary thing for brew culture that they own this? Uh, they brought it in. Abstract is the company's. Uh, they do so their thing. Brew culture was supplying it in Ontario. Like Dan came down and was like, "Hey, I got this new thing. You want to try it?" I'm like, "Well, fuck yeah, man, of course." Why not? So. He brought it in and we tried it and we're like, I, I can't see us not using it again. Like I really, I re I'd like to try more products like in different stuff, but even if, even if it's just to like elevate a product we already have to punch it up a bit, to get better head retention, to get more mouthfeel, like I just love the mouthfeel. It's so. Well, you want to, you, you want to talk about process side. Like we run, through the fuge, which gives us great yield. We already mentioned that, but utilizing no particulate in the whirlpool allows us to get even greater yield at the yeah. back end. Yeah. Cause it just runs through everything. You know, you're not, you're not trying to strip out any sort of hop particulate at all. So your, your cast out becomes, you know, you're going to gain a little bit there alone. Yeah. So, that allows you to create a product that, you know, has such a robust aroma and flavor as well as gaining the leaders that you want on the back end for sales. So it's pretty cool. Yeah, that's dope, man. No, Very I fuck cool. with this. Um, how does everybody feel about a quick piss break? Yeah, let's do it. Yeah. I'm going to go, we'll pause this and we'll like, we'll be back in a minute, but people watching are not going to notice a difference at all. So we're going to be back like, oh yeah, we're back. Bladders, never seen empty of bladders here, guys. <laughs> Just completely stripped of urine. Now, fucking needed that, right? I think yeah. it's good. You know, nearly two and a half hours in. I told y'all it wouldn't be two hours. I didn't. I didn't expect this one to be. But um, so 
way back pay, play uh, playbacks what we're drinking now we've got the fun different um hot products which is sick i mean i feel like once again it's definitely in your wheelhouse like we're talking this kind of whole episode about all the fun shit you guys have been trying across the board so of course if there's new hot products available um you guys jumping on it is how many like west coast so like maybe we should talk about this because we're in the ipa segment now um nate and i did an episode was it this year it was this year right uh no it was last year fucking hell i got no memory um because we're always drunk so we did an episode on west coast ipas and we did um uh, basically, Ontario and Quebec ones that are relatively easy to get. So we did Headstock, Lone Pine from here, and then we did some Sankey and Baron in uh, in in Quebec, who do argue I think the best uh, West Coast out there for sure. And I just feel like Lone Pine is just such an incredible, consistent beer that's reliable. That it, it fits with the time. If you want a West Coast IPA that's just done properly, it's just it's, it's and accessible perfection. too accessible it's easy to get um seven percent just it's money you guys obviously can do everything well so how many different west coast aside from obviously this is i don't I was, I was going to say i guess my point was i was like oh maybe this is only the second west coast that i've maybe had from sawdust but have you guys done other westies in the past uh i think it, well, from a double standpoint, a lot of our doubles are Westie doubles. But uh, shout out the Lone Pine. Or yeah. yeah. is it Twin Pine? I'm right? trying to think. Like I, I mean, we do them like session style. Like, hey, let's go! I, let's go! I, I mean, outside of collabs, I don't know if it's something that we've ever really focused on because Lone Pine was like our flagship, so we didn't right. really see the need to explore it more or just. Uh, eat around grass like makes sense uh, i've heard you've been working on that beer a long time though sam well it, 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 like it's perfect much the last couple years like it's pretty static now but definitely it went through changes over the years like but i still feel like it, you know i like now that we have these new products i'm like man i want to know how this would work in long time like I'd love to get that. My favorite West Coast IPA is Fathead Headhunter. I fucking love that beer. And I think it's I, it's so good. And I can't believe how drinkable it is with its ABV. I'm like, Super it, it's just awesome. And I want to know how to, I want to get a little bit more of that. I want one now. Mouth create, the, the mouth feel that they get, sort of the stickiness they get. I think it's a fantastic beer. And like, I went to the ball game the other day in Pittsburgh, and the first thing I walk in, and there was a fucking fathead bar. I'm like, are you <laughs> fucking kidding me? So I went straight there. I had a pint of, like, I must have had four of them. Don't have four heads when you're with your family at a ball game. Look at <laughs> Words of advice. <laughs> it's, it's just such a great beer. But, like, yeah, so you try those other beers, and they make you think about how would, would I want to do with this one? Like, how do I want to... You want to fuck with it completely, but you want to like bring in the elements that you like about the stuff that you think is awesome. So you got to work it in there. I don't know. It's never done. Yeah, that makes sense. And I understand why maybe you don't want to cannibalize the, you know, the, the, the flagship Westie from what you guys were doing. And typically 
I would say unless you like Maine Beer Co. or maybe Russian River or something, most breweries would just have maybe one West Coast anyway, or St. Gambaron have a bunch, but most breweries would kind of just do the one, and they do that one really well and kind of focus on that. So um, I get it. And, and this is cool because it's so different. The way back is super different from Lone Pine, and you know it's experimental. Well, it's, I mean, yeah, it, al- it allows us to make a different Westie, right? Like we're we're yeah. talking about like, tweaks to Lone Pine, you know, like. But you, you could also just, you know, with our capability and taps and the way that we sell, we, we could just put out another Westie, yeah, and and see how it sells and <laughs> and try those different techniques. And you know, this beer is a prime example of that. And it's yeah. Fucking fun. Mm-hmm. No, it's it's fascinating. It's it's just really cool to to try something completely different from you guys in that in that zone. You know, like it's just you know, like we've had Lone Pine a bunch of times, obviously, and it's so consistent and reliable, which has become like before that was. I feel like that was kind of like a bit boring. Was like consistent, reliable flagship. Now I've found that more and more people seem to be wanting that because. You know, maybe it's like, you know, the the thing we always say, like in this economy, it's rough times a little bit for, for the whole world. Like no one's really, maybe maybe the, like Dubai or something is kind of cruising, but everyone, you know, typically everything's a little bit of a bumpy road and it's okay because it's part of the, how it goes. But if you're going to be spending your hard-earned money on, on, on beer, you're going to want something that you know is going to hit the spot. And I feel like that's a beautiful thing with a beer like Lone Pine. Um and it's so yeah, it's accessible. It's not like out of people's reach. It's a great price, and you get the bang for your buck, seven percent. So it's not like low, and it's just it, it does that. And I think it's it's super cool. So it's extra fun to me anyway to to try something completely kind of like a bit of a left turn, even from that. Um, as far as the 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 West Coast vibe from from you guys, so it's it's cool. I wonder if you could do like Lone Pine with some of these fun hot products that keep it the same, but like see if that gives it a a different bump if it's the it same, when i say keep it the same same hops it will be a, it will be something we'll try if, if it if it varies too far then no but like right why wouldn't you, why wouldn't you take advantage of it if you can make it we don't want it to not be what it is like i always hate when breweries get really big and then they sort of fuck with the shit that made them good in the first place and then you're like why did they change this beer it was so good and it's not what it was before and i get that people's palate changed and they you know you do change over time but there's definitely dumbed down versions of this the thing that you had before and yeah we don't want to be that we wanted to keep it as exciting as the first time you had it that's fair (laughs) that's important yeah, no, I agree. You don't want to bastardize, particularly like a, a such a strong brand like that that's been around for so long. And kind of like what you're saying, Brendan, like it's, you've tweaked it over the years, like to the point where it's just money zone. And like, yeah, I think that would probably piss people off. But if you release it as a separate sort of like a twist on it or something, then that's different. Um, and is it is it called Twin Pine? Is that correct? The double version? Oh, I love that. That's my favorite fucking beer right there, Sam. Yeah. <laughs> Sam, I'm looking at you right now. Yeah, eh? I feel like yeah, this, is, this has been a fight that's been going on behind the scenes, is this? <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm just saying, I, I love that. Like yeah, that. Uh, the simple branding you had before, the pure black logo with two like... 
So cool. Yeah, yeah. like simple yeah. logo Twin Pines. Like, oh like man, that, that beer was so fucking that was before I, I was not even brewing. Like, you know, like that's what like that's the kind of beer that I had, but I was like, this is fucking this shit is fucking oh. good. Those pine I, trees were the pine trees from the, the twin pine logo from the, the back the back the from future. back to the future, yeah. 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 That's what that's, that's great. where the came from. I, Super I 100% cool. co-signed, by the way. I fucking love that beer, too. I miss yeah. that beer. Yeah. It's coming back. We just, again, like, nothing's ever gone. It's just sort of put on. I'm brewing that one. Yeah. Uh, it's going on podcast right now. John's not brewing that beer. I am. <laughs> <laughs> Let's go. Sorry, Johnny. Brennan did. Uh, it's coming back. I, I, I really like that one, too. I was, like, super happy how it turned out. And I the, the whole, it was, fuck, who was it? That, it was... Why can't I remember his name? I feel bad not remembering his name, but the guy that owns Toronto Brewing Homebrew Shop. Oh, um, Zach. 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 Whatever. Yeah. Um, when we did the Twin Pine, and then he's like, "Is this a reference for Back to the Future?" And at the time, I, I just did it because it was Lone and then two, <laughs> and, that, and then I'm like, "Oh my God, you're right." So. He was the one that pointed it out, and then the branding came from there. So that's awesome. Just uh, exactly amazing. Funnily enough, and this is kind of a nice little segue. Back in 2016, so Sam, you were the first one of the first brewery guests on the podcast when, like, we barely started to take it seriously. We started in April 2015, so we were like one of the first. Was this a rooftop at Was this a rooftop at Barha? That was a rooftop of bar hop uh in july 2016 was our was when we first did that and you were hung over and you drove two hours to do it and i'm forever grateful for you for that and i've appreciated you ever since you've just been such a fucking g and i um i love you i love sawdust forever forever for that not even to mention the next beer we're about to get into and um What's my fucking point? So in 20, I think just after that, so I got obsessed with Haze. Me and Scott obviously were, were super obsessed with Haze. Around that time, I think I had my first New England in Vermont, which would is, uh, was uh, Hill Farmstead's Double Galaxy. And then we came back, and I remember I messaged you, and you were sort of in Oakville, and you met me at Toronto Brewing. That's just reminded me. And you gave me some cans of juicing because I was trying to comprehend what a New England IPA was. I just loved the fact that it was hazy and different and there wasn't much new in beer at the time. But since I was into it, it was the first new thing that came out. We're drinking tongue stripping West Coast and Belgians and all other fun stuff, but this was the first new thing. So I was kind of obsessed and there wasn't really anything in Ontario. So that was, if I'm not, I remember it was cold and I think it was October, 2016. Something like that. It would have been okay. So the first one we br- was was after we did a our mustache competition, and this was a beer that Caleb and James made. Because like again, I'm gonna be like Matt Tweedy, and when I first saw Hayes, I was like, "What the fuck is this?" Like, <laughs> it didn't make sense to me. But this is also why, like, it's not just it doesn't matter just what I think. That's why you have other people's opinions and. So James and Caleb, they came up with Juicin, and they worked. I don't even remember Caleb's buddy who won the mustache competition. Uh, I think I feel his name was Joel, maybe or I can't. Remember. We'll go. We'll just call him Joel. 
And Joel yeah. won the Montreal yeah, competition. And they were, and the winner gets to make a beer with Atsada. So basically, Caleb and James just said, this is what we're making. Yeah. And told, <laughs> and told Joel that we were going to make this. He was into to it. To me, I didn't really, I didn't understand Hazy's at that time. I didn't get the appeal. Fine. Luckily, these two did, and they and they you know went down that road, and I, it wasn't the first, but it was one of the first in Ontario. I think to me, the first one that I ever came across was the Bronin High Road. One. Yes. Oh, High Road. So, well, I've up. had them on the pod because now um, I, I I don't know why his name's escaping me, but he now owns Harmon's uh, non-alcoholic beer. So he sold yeah, High Road. Yeah, we, we we worked together at Mill Street years yes. and years. So Steve owns Harmon's as well. So he was yeah. the founder of Mill Street. I didn't know that until he told me on the pod. I'm like, oh shit, that's crazy. And then I think it's is it Rob? I think it might be Rob. Yeah, and, no, it's Rob and. Fuck, he taught me in school. That's what's pissing me off even more, that you're both so, are forgetting his name. Well, no, Rob Rob was the dude who was the brewer at High Road and was the owner yeah, of he it, also, too. He also taught it, Rob also taught at the college as well. Yeah, him I think he and, still does. I think he still does. And, dude, he used to work at Muskoka. Yeah. And then he okay. moved to Australia. Kurt, Gang. Uh, Kurt, Kurt yeah. and Rob. It was Kurt and Rob. Kurt, yeah. Kurt, okay. Uh, yeah. Kurt and Rob. That's who started High Road. So yeah. Rob said that High Road, Bronin IPA was 2015. Now, it worked. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So, and the reason I'm bringing this up because I'm trying to like catalog the timeline of, of Hayes in Ontario just for the record. So he told me that Bronin was like, I forgot what month, but in 2015. Now, that is a Vermont IPA because it was modeled after, uh, I think he said Hedy or whatever. Um, now, Vermont IPA technically is not a New England IPA. It's a different thing, but it was in that vein. It was the predecessor to a, a New England IPA. Then we were speaking with Nate and I had Jeremy from Barncat on last year. And he said that they did the they he believes that they did the first New England IPA in Ontario in April 2016, and it was called the Juice. Is that correct, Nate? No, it's Eminence. Eminence, thank you. So I knew I'd fuck that up. So then he did that, and in my <laughs> head, I thought it was Juicin because that was the first one I had, and I'd never seen it before. And because I lived in Montreal, Barncat were 500 years from me, and it wasn't even like they were doing growlers at the time, and it wasn't even like really on my radar um does that sound accurate to you guys actually no the first question was what month do you recall in 2016 juicin being released well the mustache competition was in november so it would have been right after november so it was it was cold and so probably sometime in november okay i'm gonna check then oh, did i have untapped then i think i might have because i want to see what my first check-in to juicin well, I, was i mean i also could be so situational hard. Yeah. Like there's so many breweries. Like yeah. so, like somebody fucking did a hazy. Yeah, I think you're and right. It probably didn't do well. Yeah, I don't and know. they may have been the first. Well, yeah, because I think people weren't ready for it, and they were the ones that were ahead of the game that were traveling to Boston or whatever to to get that. I I'm looking here. 19th of November, 2016 was the first check in I had to juice, and that means I met you in November at Toronto Brewing. I always that's in my head tracks, thought it was that, up. Yeah, that tracks. That tracks. Yeah, I mean, yeah. and then... Okay, that I mean, makes sense. Would you say, James, like the first... It kind of started more Vermont 
and then moved to Hazy because we used to use we started with the Vermont East and yeah. it was sort of unreliable. Yeah, it was all over the place. Like we would get from batch to batch just didn't really Yeah, sometimes they'd be one would be one would be crazy, one would be clear. Yeah. One would finish low, one would finish high. So then we so we moved to Foggy London, which moved it more towards the hazy as you know it now. Mm-hmm. And, and again, like this is just from a production standpoint, you want repeatability. Like you can't have someone trying it. So this is where this is how we ended up here. Started out here. We went through many different iterations, and you know, you sort of figure out. Just takes time. Like that, it never. It's, it doesn't really end up where you started. It always ends up somewhere else, and that's where you know. Juicing cra- the, the crazy thing about that, though, is like you've, you've listed two, like Juicin and Bronin. Those are <laughs> those are good fucking hazies. When hazies train started, there was a lot of hot burn on the market. There yeah. was a lot of bad hazies. I, I I can't call. I'm not calling for anyone sure. out in particular. I just remember. Like to to get on board the Hayes train for me as a Westie fan was difficult early on because there were good ones. Don't get me wrong, but there was a lot of people just just dry hop bombing shit yeah. and putting yep. it out early to 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 get Hayes, and it was just like throat burn, and you know some beers like Juicin and Bronin and stuff like that. That's why they stood out. That's why they were anomalies because you know like. It was like, okay, this could be executed well. This is a product that can be a thing. Yeah. And, and you know, now, like, it's the same thing with loggers. Like, you know, now there's there's good hazies in Ontario. You know, you, the, the, you know the, the market is strong. You, some would even say saturated. Um, yeah. But, you know, it, it took steps to get to that point because everybody jumped on board. You know, hazies got popular and everyone wanted to make a hazy, but not everybody knew how to do it. And I think you guys jumping on early, and as Sam said, having iterations allowed you guys to get ahead of the curve yeah. and uh, allow yourself to have a product that that stood above, you know, yeah. and, and still stands, you know, like it's still yeah. a, a top selling product. People love juicing, yeah. like, yeah. you know, that beer's not going anywhere anytime fucking quick. So, mm. yeah, it's an OG. I remember it being, I had it with you guys when we were hanging out after the brew day and it was just straight peach juice. I think that was the first time I'd had it on tap. I think every other time I'd had it in a can. So even to this day, it's just such a unique, fantastic beer. And I remember just back then being blown away because I couldn't understand the softness of them. Like I didn't understand why it's like soft and pillowy and not biting my tongue. Like I'm so used to is it was like a mental adjustment, but like I was excited for it. And it was like, like, I really think that I don't, I, I don't, I'm not aware of any other ones aside from those three Bronin, Eminence and Juicin maybe bellwood then i was i did a podcast with these dudes in montreal who were like home brewers and they were like oh you want a hazy ipa or a hazy pale ale like jutsu and bellwoods is like the like hazy i'm like what the fuck okay because i lived up the road from them when i lived in toronto in 2010 11 and 12 i was there when they opened and like they weren't doing that then so then they told me about jutsu then i after having juice and then i think i went back in like january 2017 or something and was like what the fuck this is amazing why didn't anyone tell me you know and then decided to go from there but there still wasn't like many breweries shout out great lakes then robo hop yeah you know you're, yeah. you're gonna say jitsu robo hop was before jitsu 
It was was it considered Hayes? The original was a Westie. The original was a better. Yeah, but and they, they did, did New England that. version. They did the New England version. They did, yeah, and they did Octopus. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They were kind of like juicy West Coasts. Um, definitely, sort of in that conversation as far as the time frame, but because that was, I think, yeah, 2018 as well. So, like in yeah. that time, it was like everyone was discovering it. There were some breweries that were hesitant. There were some that leaned into it. Now, in my head, it was just you guys really just were like giving it a, a swing. Um, yeah, yeah. At the at the very beginning of the whole wave, not even really knowing it was going to be a thing, just like hey, this seems fun and weird. Like now, you told the story, uh, Sam. I, I see, you know, it's Jimbo and, and Caleb figuring it out and and you just sort of like perfected it now and it makes me very happy to know that that beer is still top three however many years later. What's that, uh, seven years later? That's pretty sick. Crazy. This talk yeah. of, uh, all this talk of juice and harkens back to the days of... Uh, um, the, like of beer trading, uh, like in Ontario before, uh, yeah. like before uh, online sales with uh, like yeah. were uh, like everyone was doing that. It, like this was one of uh, Juicin definitely had to have been one of the most heavily traded beers um, in Ontario at the time. I would think for sure. Yeah. The first couple batches, I remember how fucking fast they went. That literally like, like a day. Wow, like crazy! Like People coming by like six cases. And taking it to Toronto to trade with people. Yeah. Wow. Wow. Six. What is that? Treehouse. Jesus Christ. Yeah. That's awesome. It was a different. It was a different time, and it, it still moves. Super, it moves fast. It's just, but also like the market doesn't do that anymore. Like yeah. because there are so many other, and like, there are a ton of great hazy IPAs, and you can go mm. from town to town, and you get awesome IPAs. Like it's just. We people got good at it because it was it was everybody yeah. wanted to. Yeah, it's a fun beer to make too. It's like you know everyone. It's an it's an enjoyable drink. So I love yeah. it. I love it. Some might say that you need to get it in you. I was trying to do a Sam yeah. segue here. <laughs> so the well, beer is it time? It's time. Is it time? It's time. We fucking already opened it. Oh yeah, just, yeah. Oh. Man. Get in ya. Two point zero. The second, the follow up, the sequel. Can't give you this. Oh, oh yeah. Looks Look good. at that. What a fucking beaut. So this beer is now is when was it packaged? Say August 9th. So this is like six, seven weeks old. Um, wow, it's crazy. Which is still, woof, still drinking killer. Oof. Oh yeah, good. Eight point five percent. Um, the second variation of the original, which uh, I have right next to me, I'm gonna hold that up in a second. Um, my God, look at that color. Yeah, it's beautiful. Yeah, it's so good. Because it's so intense, it lasts so long. Wow. I haven't had one. I haven't had one since. Yeah, I don't. I haven't touched one either in a while. Same. They're they're up there. I haven't had one when I was done. You're already done, bud. Yeah. (laughs) Cheers, man. Oh, it smells good. Get that in you guys. Mm -hmm. Smell that galaxy. 
Holy fuck. Yeah, that's good. Oh, that's so smooth. No beer, no hazy IPA has any business being this good at this age. Well, um, I mean, a, a lot of that, I think, I want to, like, I buckets mellowed. The, game, the canning line, like, the way that we package the product and the way that we sell it is a big... When we first started doing hazies, that was one of the... One of our biggest issues was packaging it, and I, I, you still see it now. Like, if I pour a hazy and it comes out, and you get like this, like turd brown, or if, <laughs> if there's any yeah. oxidation at all, I will immediately just be like, "No, nah, I'll yeah, push good. it into." The I want to fucking deal with it. As soon as you pour it, you can immediately tell. Right. Yeah. Like to be able to keep the aroma. Slow yeah, down on that. This, it's good. For this for this long, it so it's a testament to like that cellaring and packaging that is so integral to this particular style of beer. Yep. Yep. Agreed. And it was like I feel like the original was like Ready. I, I told you guys when I saw you, like I feel like it was drinking well till like six months plus because it was so intense. And I think it was um, at the time your biggest um, hop, uh, dry hop ever. And maybe we went a little crazy. And because of that hop burn, maybe it, maybe, maybe. it lasted uh, so long. Um, check, I, I can't believe I still got, look, it's like closed. I got, I got stickers. But wow. I got <laughs> that's so sweet it's so and do, do you know what's even funnier february 2nd to, logo. <laughs> and it's it says get a dog up yeah i forgot that you put that on there perfectly centered it's Love so it. money it's um i think i was telling you guys as well i had a friend in australia who didn't like she was ma- like making fun of me for craft beer and then she got a boyfriend now husband um, who was into craft beer, who worked at a brewery. Now she's all drinking craft beer. And she wow. had this, and she drank it at like 18 months. And they were both like, yeah, yeah, it's fucking good. 18-month-old <laughs> wow. New England, and they said it was good. Um, that's, once again, testament to... This was, once again, like five and a half years old now. So, I mean, you, your packaging uh, abilities, obviously, is superior now. Um, Shout out to fucking this guy. That's all this guy right here, man. Jimbo. Yeah, there's no other name to be said. Mm. Maybe Sully. Sprinkle sprinkle some Sully in there. It's mostly Sully. But, yeah, that's you, man. This is so, so good, man. Like I said, it looks like all of us probably just let it sit for a bit. Um, I had one, obviously, as soon as I got it. and um, It's mellowed a lot. It's mellowed a lot. And I feel Mm. like it's like, this this feels like it's like, all right. This is this is money. No, this the, it, it, I feel like it needed that time. I, I had one packaging day too. It was still enjoyable. It was a little of hot. Course. Um but now this this is yeah, this is in a great oh, yeah. spot right now. Like look at this murk. Yeah. This man. is what I'm talking about. Like this is like money to me. This is exactly what yeah. I'm looking for in a beer. It's like gorgeous. Look at that fucking glass too. Yeah. Look at that. And what is what is the that? Alchemist. Is that a the alchemist. Is that it's both of these glasses are from Hayes House in uh, from the Wheeled Brew in Barry. So Evan from yep. uh, the Wheeled Brew Shout has out. a side business doing uh, these ridiculous glassware. Those are so sick. Cool. It's they're yeah, super cool, cool, man. 
Evan, um, Evan's the fucking man. Uh, uh, like he, like it was so smart to uh, like to think to that. He commissioned a local glass blower in uh, like in Barrie to uh, like to come up with these dope glasses. Yeah, he did a great job. Um, when, it, perfect- when it when it did first come out, like I I was like there was a couple things, two things I wish I had done that were like stupid that I didn't. First of all, I wish we had matched it hot a little hotter, like probably. I don't know why we didn't do it at the same temperature as Juicin, which is like 68, 68 and a half. What did we, we do? 65? We did 67. No, but 67. We probably would have done 68, which would have left a little bit more residual sugar. And for whatever reason, we didn't use any, this is like my fault, like didn't use any dextrin malt, which again would have left a little bit more residual sugar. Which is what we do with all of them, and I'm like, I don't know why. I looked at it, and I'm like, well, that was fucking stupid. So it like fermented a little lower than we wanted, which left a little bit more bitterness. So I'm like, fuck. I wish I had done that. I mean, I don't like. I literally can't explain why I didn't do that. I think we because we elevated the OG to like 19 and a half. I was kind of like, oh, we could probably like hedge our bet so that we ferment it down. But like, yeah. it literally. Started what was it like two and a half days? Yeah. I'm like, what the fuck? Like, it just was like done. I'm like, oh, okay. That's so, like, crazy. Again, this was only the second time doing it. And as I was saying before, yeah. like usually by time three, four, we've, yeah. we've edged off everything and we've got it fucking locked down. And that's, that's just how it goes. I'm, I'm happy with this. These are the things I would have done to make myself more happy with it. Yeah. Gotcha. So you're saying there's going to be a third podcast? <laughs> is that is that is that the, the get in your three point oh? Yeah, maybe we went around If we keep it on schedule, yeah, <laughs> maybe even 2029. We'll see. No, this is like this is spectacular. It's so much. And just so people know, the first beer was Galaxy Vic Secret and Ella, and we swapped Ella out for Eclipse. Uh, which was Sam's great idea because they're all Australian hops, and it was uh, um, Eclipse was a little more tropical. And I think Ella had a little more like herbal vibes, right? If I'm not mistaken, mm-hmm. to sort of to try and remove a bit of that. And, and again, if I did it again, I'd up the Galaxy and up the Eclipse and play less Vic Secret. Okay, I think Vic mm-hmm. Secret has a bit of a sting, a little bit of a herbalness to her- herbaceousness to it that. The other two are more over here. Mm-hmm. But that's, that, again, that's what I would. Those are you the know three what? things that would change. What if we for ver- for version three we could even switch up all the Aussie hops and do completely different Aussie hops, like an- another Racal, combination. Rakao is oh, New yeah. Zealand, no? Oh, is, is it? Yeah. It is New Zealand. Sorry, sorry. I got to double check what the Aussie hops are. I don't even know what the options are. I'd probably. We can take a look. We have Google. We have a Google machine. Australian hop varieties. Boom. Let's see. Galaxy Vic Secret Enigma Eclipse Topaz Ella. That's on Yakima. Enigma could be good. Enigma Mm -hmm. could be pretty cool. Um, Topaz is a good one. New Zealand. So those are the only six available from uh, from Yakima. Maybe there's others from different companies. Um, this is, we got our from Hops Connect. Hops Connect, okay. Super tropical. I'm trying to see if there's oh, there's one called Helga. Oh no, 
this lag is no one needs that. Topaz, Ooh, Topaz is kind of cool. Super Pride. Oh, like Pride of Ringwood. No, that's another lag one. There's another one called uh, Something Cross. Southern Cross. Southern Cross. So Southern Cross on the flag, this little thing here, it's what all the the racists have tattooed on them. Oh. Great. Perfect. Yeah. Fantastic. I didn't know that. Right. <laughs> Tell us that before we did it. Right? Fucking hell. Southern Cross could be a good one. I feel like there's um I feel like we need to bring Australian hops back. I feel like New Zealand hops, kind of what you guys were just saying, like New Zealand hops are just like next level, like they're taking over everything. Um Oh, what if well, it's especially especially with freestyle right now? Like yeah, it, freestyle like, it's is just uh, yeah. What if there's a version of it that's New Zealand? So are you guys familiar? Like the New Zealand to me is the funniest accent on the planet. Like nothing is funnier to me than the way the Kiwis talk. Oh no, bro, that's so <laughs> choicey. Oh, cause <laughs> what are you talking about? That? Yeah, what are you talking? <laughs> they're so fu- like I find. I wonder if you could like got it in your brew like i don't know like you spell it different i don't know if they say that and then maybe use kiwi hops because they're like they're superior like i wonder if there's like a way to do it and put a twist on it huh, that, huh. again you know what go in a different direction like stay in the same world you're in the same solar system same or same, same. galaxy Moving into a, into a different solar system. Yeah. I feel like there's just like, there'd be a way to make it twist to, to only because I feel like there's just more. Was that an intentional yeah. hot pun there? Same galaxy. <laughs> oh, that's what I was thinking as well. <laughs> There'd probably be a nice way to. Maybe. I'll throw it. Either way. To come back yeah. to the, it, to this come back to the so beer good. for a second, this like what I'm at, like, something that I'm really tasting at the point that it's at right now, I'm getting like a ton of uh, like super pithy orange juice is what I'm getting. It's like pure tangerine. It's fucking yeah. crazy. Yeah, mm-hmm. it's almost like, like a blood orange. Like there's the bitterness that makes it like a like a yeah like a blood orange tangerine. Yeah, so a little yeah. bit of grapefruit. Like it's yeah. fucking yeah. That's what it is. I was thinking it was passion fruit, but you're right. It's blood. It's like orange meets grapefruit or tangerine mm-hmm. meets grapefruit. Cause there's that still that little touch of like that, that hot burning thing in the background, but it's, it's super mellow right now. Like it's still very present, but it's not, um, I like, to be honest, the, that hot burn is what's keeping this thing alive. Like, I really feel like any beer that I've had that has a grapefruit juice. Yeah. As as brewers, would you guys agree with this that I think that hop any beer that any new well New England IPA that has hop burn or at least a reasonable amount ends up lasting longer because that hop burn seems to like takes a while to okay. mellow so it doesn't become that multi sticky mess that sometimes New England yeah. IPAs can become. Is that accurate? Well, I think well, I can't a- I can't argue with this. Yeah, like the, I feel yeah, like this beer actually- can be a testament to it. Yeah. One of the one of the things you have, again one of the problems when you have like a schedule to keep up like you're like well we we pick a release date for a beer like literally months in advance and then we build everything to that release date and then sometimes you're like fuck I wish I could just leave this beer in the tag for like another week because it would be better but then you have this looming I gotta get it out by this date because yeah. we're told. 
all these people that were going to release it on this date. And I wish sometimes we didn't have that because I wish we could have been like, okay, well, let's pull the hops off. We'll give it a week just in tank and then we'll push it out. But we've already had this schedule that we're like, have to fucking listen to. Mm. And so I wish, I wish we could have like, cause then basically you can eliminate a lot of that can time where this mellows, it'll mellow in tank and then you release it. And then it's, oh. so it, re- it mellows quicker in tank than in can. Well, it, it just, it's just, what's the point of packaging it if you don't have to yet? Gotcha. Yeah. And, and then you don't have to go through that. Oh, it's a little burny. You're like, nah, fuck. Just let it sit in the tank a little bit longer. It'll be fine. But we got to fucking stick to the schedule. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, I see what you're saying. That would obviously be the, the best case scenario to be able to kind of have that flexibility. Um, I do you know what we, one thing then we have like, so we, we do make changes now and again, but it's always like, it, it kind of like shifts everything up because we've told these people in the beer club that, Oh, you're going to get this beer in this, on this month and you're going to get on this date and you have this thing that you've set. And we try our best to like stick to that. Sometimes there's things out of our control that change, but it's all a balance. And eventually like the beer will get to where you want it. But I just wish we could do sometimes that, but I also like, structure so i'm happy with schedules so <laughs> i feel i look I, I reckon there's something um cool about a beer changing over time too like you get yourself someone buys a four pack or whatever and they'll have one fresh and like okay and then have it in a week have it in two weeks have it in three you know i feel like that's that's kind of fun to see how a beer changes and i don't know maybe that's that's part of the thing because they they get to see it like maybe it's a little hot, like you said, Brendan, at the beginning. And then as you're kind of going, it's going to like mellow out. Like I said, I I had it, it probably was week one or two. Yeah. And um, I brought, I, I brought some with me to when I went on the New England trip, but I ended up giving it to people because I kind of felt like, oh, I'm seeing someone. I felt like I should give it to somebody rather than drink because I want to drink it and take some photos. I was like, oh, I should give it to somebody. So I just I didn't get around to having another one. And this has changed significantly and i I feel like it's yeah it's drinking like it's just i feel like it's juicier right now um Mm -hmm. and like we'll say softer and i i think it's it's still got a ways to go a lot drier for sure it's a lot drier for sure like like i this is like this is my sixth can of this at the um at this point the first one that i had was at about a week and a half from uh, uh, like was that about a week and a half from canning and uh, like it was definitely like there was a lot more residual sweetness in that one it had a lot more of a like a caramelized kind of uh, like kind of thing going on to it mm. it's so dry right now and uh, like like it's it's tasting really really nice interesting okay so you i mean obviously you're the expert here Nate because you've had you've had the most <laughs> Um, I, but I feel like there's also a relative amount of a de- sorry a decent amount of hot burn in this that as I like hot burn so like smash me with that shit but I think it also means that this beer could still it's gonna it's gonna evolve for the next month or two at least and I'm a I always we talk about this on here a bunch I'm like a, an age princess with beer I like haze within one to two weeks mostly uh, I find that most haze doesn't get better with time obviously um 
but I feel like this beer is like it's kind of something special. Like I feel like it's, it's uh, very much know? an outlier. Yeah, super outlier. And I'm like, I, I'm excited. I got uh, I got some more cans because I'm going to be like, sweet. I'll have this in another week and then another week after that, and it's going to keep changing. I think that's sick. I, I, I can't believe how much dank and stinky is still on it. Like, I, yeah. I, the aroma is insane. It's insane. It's so okay. juicy. It's wild. I think that this is a, um, and I guess this is kind of what I was holding off talking about the whole pod. I know we're at three hours already, but you know we out here. Um, the IPAs, the way that you guys have you know gone from the original juicing in 2016 and then doing all the IPAs to then getting to um, everyday magic and, and binary system throughout the pandemic when that stuff dropped, those two beers were just so exceptional. I can't express yeah. how fucking good those two beers are. And then coming, I was so excited for this. I would have been excited. Doesn't doesn't even matter because the first one was already fire. But it was like the, the, there's something that you guys have done that's just whatever the hell you did to crack the code on haze that you did with crispies as well that you did with the barrel age and you did with stouts. Like it's so dope and it's so unique and like. I don't know. I was super excited because I knew whatever, whatever, however this comes out, this is going to be. Obviously, it's five years time. That's that's a long time. Like it's going to be better than the first one, and I think this is like way better than the first one because you've refined the process. You understand the whole, but it still has something reminiscent of it because it's still fucking hectic as shit. And oh, I yeah. kind of feel like that's the theme of this beer. It needs to be hectic as shit, or it's not get it in you. Like it has to be. Uh, wild. Um, I don't know if you guys could oh, speak. Remembering, it's chockies. You like it? Yeah, fucking chockies. Like one of the things, like your your passion and screaming at the TV and saying all these things. Like yeah. that's what that's what brought us to you in the first place. And we're like, man, this guy's awesome. Like, <laughs> so we we always wanted to be like a part of that and 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 feed that passion and, and hopefully like live up to it. So like, that's where it came from. So it, it, it's, a, it's honest in that way. And we're happy that it sticks with that same motif and sticks to there. And as much as like, I'm always going to be very hypercritical on something until like it's where I want it to be. But, but like I said, those are the three things that at the beginning, what I would change, but like, I'm happy with this now. Like I'm like, well, this is drinking pretty sweet. I'm, I'm really this is, this is the only one I finished, and it was the the biggest one. Yeah. <laughs> it's going for tomorrow. It's oh yeah. This is uh. I mean, I was excited for this one. I I drank a little more than I probably should have to be able to drink this in full, but I'm drinking this whole fucking thing. Oh yeah. Like, could you like could you guys even speak to? Just the, the 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 changes in your IPAs over the over the last few years, and and maybe like like you know what I'm talking about. I'm not Nate. You know what I'm saying. Like to reiterate, like I'm not boosting about how good Everyday Magic and the Binary System beers are. Like well, what the fuck happened? Like it's just crazy. Listening and paying attention to other people, like because we did collabs, because we drank other people's beers, because we cared that we wanted to make it better. We like we went and did a collab at Dominion City, which I thought was like to me was the most eye-opening. Like listening 
and working with them, it was awesome. And then, you know, drinking, like, those are, like, they're learning experiences. And taking that back going, okay, fuck. Like, at the beginning, like I said, I didn't personally get it. Like, I didn't understand them. To me, it was just, like, to me, it was a West Coast IPA just dirty, but I didn't understand <laughs> like, James and Caleb were already over here, and I was still like, like the caveman, like scratching a fucking post trying to make fire. I didn't, I didn't so then to go there and be like, "Oh fuck, this is what this is like." It was a very, it was very eye opening. And then they came. We did a collab. And we did a beer called Numerals, which really. Yeah, kind of, that was great. That was a wild yeah. beer. Oh Fuck, my that was, god, that was that one, like that one was hectic. And I got it like it was Scott, and it was also like just working with other breweries and being like, "Oh, okay, fuck, shit, I get it now." Like, and that's it. Like, just you got to continue to grow. You kind of get better at what you do. Like, this is this is our craft. So we have to be good at it. Like we, if we want people to buy our shit, we better be good at it. So mm-hmm. do all the things you can do to make yourself better so that when people do come to your place and they expect a certain level of, you know, product that we were able to give it to them. Right. I so, like that your approach to uh, the, the, like to beers like that is to not uh, like is to not kind of like, wade into it and do like and do like a very subtle version it's like no let's just go like full balls to the wall like right like right from the get-go <laughs> <laughs> well like i said when we did our 52 thing like let's see how far we can take it and if that like yeah. it gets that far then dial it back to a normal thing like you have to i think i think that's more fun that's a lot more fun definitely and it also should like the extreme shows you like that. Well, that was stupid. Okay, well let's go back here. <laughs> yeah. But again, growing up, the way we made beer, like it was called extreme brewing. It was all about extreme. It was all about throwing like whatever the fuck at it. And that's sort of that was the headspace we were in when we started. Like everything was extreme, extreme. Remember that? Remember like fucking X Games and everything was like extreme, like that Boston Extreme Beer Festival. So like that was that was literally that was our playground, and then now it's like oh, to me it's like oh, let's make subtle and nuanced, but like also do this stuff. Mm -hmm. So it works out. Yeah, it's like I don't know. I just think it's really cool that you've been able to like nail so many styles in, in so many different ways. And I feel like the, the the reason I'm bringing up the haze so much and that we waited to this segment to talk about it, it was just like, I don't know if everybody gets there. I feel like some breweries get there with haze and like, I don't know, Nate, if you could like understand what I'm saying to echo it, but like if you're able to nail it, it's like, it's a special thing. Like, Everybody does haze, but not everybody is exceptional at it. You could say that for almost every style, probably. Hey, Jimbo, but, what was the brewery yeah. we went to in Quebec when we went? Uh, we were in QC for the CBAs, and they had that canning line. They had that catnip. Oh, that's Noctem. Noctem. Noctem, yeah. Uh, Noctem. Fuck, yeah. those beers were good. Yeah. 
Yeah, not yeah, that's killer. Cans are sick. Their cans are all cats. Yeah, with, like, cats. The yeah. Eyes and yeah. beer is just unreal. Like, oh, yeah, I think it's great. He'll be back. He'll sort it out. Sam's a genius. Yeah, yeah Noctown will <laughs> fucking kill him, man. Noctown do some fantastic stuff. Yeah. They do West Coast as well, like Nano and like big double IPAs and shit. Like, oh, yeah. Um, they just did Link Up as well, the same uh, series as, as you guys did. And their oh, cool. beer was a nice Nano one. And um, yeah, man, Noct- Noctown are fantastic. Good dudes. Good, yeah. uh, really, really solid shit, man. Well, you were asking me if I went to the CBAs when I took Laurel to Quebec. We, I took her as a date, and we went to the CBAs there because that's when I was with Stack. And uh, she sees these cans with the cats on them, and she's just like, fuck, we got to buy those. Yeah. those. Those are the cans. And I'm like, fuck, okay, those look pretty sweet. If I can try them, I'm like, yeah. These are fucking throttle. Like, yeah. these are fucking yeah. good, man. Like, what the fuck are these, you know? Like, yeah. She was like, oh, they're okay. I'm like, yeah, you don't know what you're fucking talking about. Like, you just fell for the branding. But yeah, these fucking beers are sick. Yeah, they were so nice, too. Oh, yeah. Did, did you guys meet Brian? I don't remember. Do with the long hair? Um, Sam would remember. We, yeah. we were looking at new canning lines, and they had one that we were thinking about getting. So we, like, reached out. And we're like, hey, could we come by? And, yeah, they let us wander about, and they gave us a bunch of beer. Nice. Great. Nice. Yeah. Do you remember who you met at uh, Noctem, Sam? Christ. No. Was it like, Brian? It was uh, one of the owners. Like they were, they were super hospitable. They were great. Yeah. And man, that fucking catnip was so good. And they gave us one that had like they were using a hydro yeast. And I remember, like, this is just. It was so good. They. Uh... I- so in the same series as that, they just did Link Up. Oh, they yeah. they went in on that. Oh shit! Yeah, That's awesome. and they did a Nano Hydra IPA. That's a sweet looking can. Yeah, they, they did a can. good job. Like, I like those colors. Can we fuck with purple? Yeah, I like that. Yeah, Noctem are great, yeah. man. Kitties are the. Mm-hmm. We gotta we gotta get your cat back on the can. Years ago, the first time we did a collab with uh, Alafu, which was like, I can't remember, like, I don't know, let's say it was 2017. And our, like, going through Quebec, like, our experience with Quebec IPAs was like, there just wasn't any. It was, you know, it, yeah. it was the land of Belgium. There was nothing. And, and then it just went, like, we just got exploded. back. Like, Holy fuck. From 2018, yeah. since Masorum opened, everything went wild. Previous to Masorum opening in July 2018, it like ate shit and it sucked. And I was always bitching about it on the pod. I was like, I, well, I, I, I mean, aside yeah. from, like aside from Back Canada, Back Canada predated Masorum. Good point. But I was, it was more the volume to me where it was like you had, yeah. but, but to me, Back Canada was so impossible to get. It it's wasn't true. even. Yeah. It wasn't even worth talking about. It was that hard to get. Yeah. Then you talk about like Nordette from Orval or something like it was impossible. Quebec, uh, New England, and they 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 had like a big um, like kind of a pushback, I guess, because you know Quebec was known for so many other things, anything barrel aids and sours and the stouts and blah blah blah, like all that and the Belgians. So like they were very resistant and. Um, you know, it took Masorum coming out with that. Then Brewski got their system and they started killing it. And obviously, Bar Canada were doing their thing, but like only local up in Gatineau. So it was, there wasn't many like, de- excuse me, deliveries to Montreal. 
so on and so forth. So it took a little bit, and then all of a sudden Quebec went like nuts, and they started, you know, dominating. It was it was phenomenal out there, and it still is now. We were just there a month ago, I guess, and it was killing it. It was great. I was very impressed with you know everywhere that I went there. It was um, exceptional. So it just took a little bit of time. And you know Quebec City, like you mentioned, Noctem's killing it. BG Brasserie Generale killing it. Um, Emporium, Emporium um, fucking uh, La Barberie. Yep. Like, yeah, Grendel. Like Nano Cinco these days. Say that again, Sam. I was just saying that like, Quebec City. Like every time I go back, there's just so many like great breweries. It's a wonderful scene. Like, oh, it's great. It's, yeah. Yeah, of course. Yeah, yeah. There's a lot of a lot of great stuff happening out there. That's like, and it made me happy because I'm not from either place. So I was there, and I was like, "Why aren't everybody fucking collaborating?" So it was really cool that you guys already work with Alafoot. Like I said, you guys kind of put me on to Alafoot, and like, you know, more and more. I'm, I guess I'm seeing more and more collabs with um, Ontario and Quebec breweries. It's it's, it's cool. There's so many. Um, like people ask me all the time about like where to go in Montreal and I've got this whole note in my phone of like brunch spots, cafes, restaurants, fucking breweries, like beer bars, like everything. I just like copy and paste and like, you know, I should start charging for that shit. Like to give everybody where to go because people go so often from out here and always want to visit because it's just a, it's a great time. And it was cool to go back to Montreal as a, uh, a tourist and not a, somebody living there. I'm like, oh, this city's fire weird fuck to live in but god damn it it's fun to visit like so much stuff going on like all the breweries we we hung out at like boreal got their new spot on john talon that whole area now little italy yeah quebec is quebec is doing some really good stuff um with that so it makes me happy just to see everybody collab and stuff and and just spread the gospel because it's like you know sometimes it's it's easy to just like only drink what's around you which i think is important for sure but you know, we want to support, I guess, the country at large. And, you know, sometimes you need to be exposed to it. Some people, there's beer nerds who do all the research and there's some people who don't, and maybe you need to put it in their face a little bit. And the best way to do that is, is, is potentially through collabs, which, which is cool that you guys are doing that even through the lager series, you know, whether it's in your own province or, 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 or beyond. It's fucking cool, man. I love it. Yeah, man, that's, yeah, you're not wrong. That's the shit right there. Like, you guys got any cool shit coming up? Like you guys are working on as far as things you can talk about, like you know, little series collabs, different different stuff. Um, we have, jeez, <laughs> um, we got a bunch of stuff coming. We always got stuff coming out, but uh, the collabs that we're working on right now, we got. Like we said, uh, we're going to Eastbound in a couple weeks, and then love it. We're off to work with uh, Second Wedge. On a collab, they just opened up their new spot after their tornado. Such nice people. Uh, then off to Kingston for Daft, and then uh, the next week we're going up north to Gateway City, which I'm so stoked about. Uh, they're awesome guys there, too. We've worked with Fuck them for back north. Time. Yeah, that's right. I'm a that's fucking right. dirty northern boy. So I'm going to fit right in. It's going to be like the first, first uh, time in North Bay, so it's going to be yeah. good. Yeah, it is. Uh, <laughs> right. 
Then we just got uh, we got a couple new. We've been working a lot with the style yeast, trying to like get our hand on that, which is a bit difficult. But the last one I'm like I had one today, and it's pretty. It tastes like passion fruit juice. It's like crazy. Like it's so. We did. Uh, anyways, it's uh, that'll be coming out next. Next. What do we have coming out this week? We had something that came out this flop doodle came out this week, which is yes, uh, the British. Yeah, which is always one of my favorite ones. Uh, but this this next one called Shadows of the Afternoon, which is um, that collab that we do with YCH when we use some of the stuff, but we did the thyle <laughs> Good beer. Yeah, that's a really good beer. It made like the whole brewery smell. <laughs> yeah, like, that, that was a really like, good beer. Yeah, there's so much aroma. That's yeah, it's just that. You it's a full percent like American pale ale, and it it it's it's super crushable. Like holy crap, man! I like it took me like three minutes. I had a whole pint. I was like, Ooh, this is like ridiculous. Me on the candy line. Yeah. <laughs> oh, where to go? <laughs> yeah, yeah, and then uh, we got LDV coming back. Uh, I'm stoked for that. That LDV yeah, is nice. Too, That's fucking. Yeah. Oh, Long Dog Voyage. Yes. Let's yes. go. This is the first. Yeah, that's, that's good. This is the first time since I think 2017, 2018 that's just straight LDV proper. Oh, okay. And so I'm pretty jacked about this. Like, is there a Couture coming as well? fucking so good. It's. Uh, yes. You know, like, ah, shit. It's another Quebec brewery. Describe it. Me and Nate might be at a... It's got yeah, a beer. purple can. It's got a purple can. They only, like, what? There's no picture, but it's just letters on the can, and it's talking about, like, they have a, they have a, a red. Like, every fucking Quebec brewery, they got a red. They got, like, an imperial stout, like, Le Crimi- the Le Criminal. Le Crimi- the Criminal is their imperial stout. It's it was it was so fucking good, and I remember mm. thinking, man, I want to bring back LBB. Like no one does straight Imperials anymore. Like it's got to be something else. No, it's true. It's true. Yeah, just like a straight like a straight up like Imperial oatmeal stout kind of the, the, the kind of thing. You don't mm. see that much anymore. No, no. it's, it's got to have a so fucking be, like, good though. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, and like bring back the truth. Like bring back the the goods. So I'm I'm excited for that to come back. That's fun. Is that's there, dope. Long, like, like Long Dark Voyage is either like, like it's, yeah, yeah I, I, I'd be amped for that. Is there uh, another Cthulhu coming? Next, not this year. Next year, probably. I think we'll we'll go back and forth between the two because we don't want to. Are we doing? And like we want to foster some anticipation. Yeah. Like it, it's. I respect it's it. That's you know well it'll be back. It's never going away. Like we all love that fucking beer too. Like and making it fun too. So, mm-hmm. oh yeah, yeah, that beer is uh, spectacular. I like that. I think that's a that's a good way to go. There's some flagship stuff, and there's some sort of like on and off again that you when you, when it does come, there's genuine excitement for it. So you can like you know, people are going to be moved to buy. I like that. I think that's like a really good way to to offer, and then people will complain until it drops. You're like. Yeah, basically, yeah. yeah. <laughs> which is fire. I love it. Um, is there anything else we want to touch on before we wrap up? We're coming up on uh, three and a half hours, which uh, I love it. 
I'm good. You're good? Jimbo? Brenda? Yeah, yeah I think I'm, we're, I'm all good. That was fucking... Just good, good to do this again. <laughs> yeah, get to crush some pints with yeah. you lads. Yeah. Oh, hell yeah. Um, I knew this was going to be fire, because you guys are just the best. What we're going to do, we're going to take a screenshot of the... Um, of everything here. Do you guys want to hold up some uh, cans? Yeah. yeah I'm going to be selfish and just hold up. Get it in you. I'm barely hold myself up. <laughs> Thank God you would have to drive home. Am I right? Yeah. Well, it's my house. He's yeah, exactly. got to drive home. Jimbo. <laughs> that couch is looking good for Jimbo. All right. You ready? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Feels good. Fucking beaut. Um, stick around at the end of the call. We'll, we'll say goodbye off air. But uh, boys, this was uh, this is spectacular as expected. Yeah this this was a this was a real pleasure to hang with you guys. Yeah, I'm glad That's we got to one. do it, like that, man. It's COVID all over again. I love it. Yeah, <laughs> right. Well, this makes it a little easy to do all these things. I always find that the in person ones, whilst they're a little easier to do, sometimes they're like you know interferes with people's day yeah. and like blah blah blah. But yeah, like there's awesome. a lot of scheduling. I love this. Like this fun. is super sick. Mm-hmm. No, we need to do this like every year. And like once again, I yeah. can't express how yeah. much I love you guys and like I love everything Sawdust stands for. And this really holds a real special place. Like I like I gush about you guys to people all the time. And I think what you're doing is is really special. You guys have a ton of passion. The beers are spectacular, truly. And I just like, you know, you're introducing people to really high quality beer via the the methods that you're doing, you know, LCBO and all the gateway stuff, which is underrated. But it's it's such high quality. It's like showing people like this is what craft beer is, man. Like, you know, come check this out, then come up here and visit this and then explore the brews that we're collaborating with. It's it's just like organic and real and 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 there's some love in that shit. And uh I think it's really meaningful and important what you guys are doing. So just much success. Keep killing it. Get it in your two point still available. Get that fucking shit. Three yeah. Next year, maybe we'll see. Maybe five years. Yeah. Who knows? Uh, you maybe. know it's coming. You yeah. know it's fucking coming. <laughs> oh. um, if I if I can just add in as well, like the, 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 like we said at the top of the like of the podcast, like C and I really like when we started into craft beer, we were drinking Sawdust City, and with the importance of like what you guys provide on the like on the gateway side of the scene, people getting into craft beer now could still be like could still be getting their start on Sawdust City and there's something so cool about that to us. Like like you guys really do an invaluable service to the scene and uh like it, this is my first time getting to hang with you guys and it's been a genuine pleasure and I can't appreciate enough what you guys do. Thanks oh, man. Next time man, that's wow. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Next collab, we'll bring everybody up. I didn't want to bother everybody for this one. Uh, I know it was sort of midweek and whatever, but uh, we'll make sure everybody comes up and get that. I know, Nate, you've been there before, but we need to go and uh, and hang. It's just such a good time. The collab mm. days are like super fun. You're just really drinking and eating. Like, hey, take some yeah. video of me pouring in hops. Hey, like, <laughs> Brendan's <laughs> doing all the work. Jimbo's fucking doing something else. Sam's just running around. If you watch that video, you don't see me at all. <laughs> it looks like you do all the fucking work. <laughs> <laughs> that was your guy. That wasn't my. I don't know. I don't know why he put me on Yeah, you see Sam show up with a smile. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't do shit except like, oh, should I pull this back in? Okay. 
Even yeah, Brendan uh, cut it open for me. Fucking, it's a fucking <laughs> sick fucking video, though. Yeah, it came out great. <laughs> Check that out on the Sawdust City yeah, Instagram. It it's uh, awesome. really fun video. But guys, thank you so much again. This has been awesome. Where can everybody find Sawdust City online, uh, social media, all that stuff? Uh, we got Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, SawdustCityBeer.com. Check it out. Uh, love to hear from you. And then, but just pop by and show your face in person. Love to see that too. Just Gravenhurst, Ontario. Come inside. It's the you know that's the real thing. Best part. Can people ask for a hug from Sam? They go, hey. Oh god, dude! They were asking for Slack the other day. They were like, "What should we draw on the sideboard?" And I was like, put fucking Sam so everyone can get a picture with the brewmaster. Everybody wants a fucking hug from Sam. (laughs) Everyone wants it. Maybe you should start charging. It's a little uh, revenue, a little side revenue. Hugs are free. (laughs) Beer, not so much. Hugs are free. Remember McDonald's? They just have smiles are free. They used to be on all the McDonald's. Does anyone remember this? Am I too old for this? No, no, I I remember that. I remember that. sounds familiar. Okay. Good, good. Well, hugs are free at Sawdust. Hugs are free at Sawdust. Is that the episode name? Who knows? Let's see. Um, but stick around. I'm going to wrap this up and we'll we'll finish up off air. But gentlemen, thank you so much for hanging. Uh, guys, thank you for watching and listening. If you enjoyed the episode, smash the thumbs up. Hit subscribe below. Hit that notification bell, Nathaniel. Ding. So you know when the new drops. Follow us everywhere at BOS Podcast. Check out the long-form audio. Spotify, Apple Podcasts, fucking Deezer, you name it. Wherever you get your shit, go bump it. We out here. Um throw us a five-star rating not for us but for these beautiful gentlemen here who took their time hanging out making incredible beer the mustache alone should really do it for you but you know that's my opinion um guys thank you we'll see you in the next one cheers get it in yeah